0: Welcome to Moralia Python Radio, with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, for those who are listening live, we are coming at you early because um, we wanted to get Nick on here and uh, The only way you could do it is if we did it earlier. But tonight we're talking with uh, Nick uh, Mutton and we're talking with uh, Chris Salemi. Not Salami, Salemi. (laughs) Salemi. (laughs) You've learned Uh, that over the years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, oh gosh, what? So last, I guess it was what, 2015 uh, when Nick Mutton, Ryan. Young and a couple other people went to Australia and I couldn't go that I swore that I would go in 2016. Um, Right. So, unfortunately that didn't work out because of my whole buying a house and all that kind of stuff. Life got in the way. I couldn't do it. Um, And I got a lot of text messages and pictures and all kinds of stuff that were sent to me while these guys were over there. So it was our trip that we started, me and Owen, and we didn't end up going. <laughs> so I'm sure at going. some point during this show, we're going to get our balls busted for uh, – What do you mean for... some point? The entire show <laughs> would get our balls busted. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: Jesus. I, I, and, and the killer thing is that they're like – I mean, you couldn't go because of the money, and I couldn't go because I couldn't get any of the – uh, appropriate documentation done in time um, it was just like one of that because st- cause of the typo on my birth certificate so I couldn't get that done and they're over there holding like wild scrubs and doing all this other fun stuff and it's like oh god it's killer
1: but yeah glad that yeah w- to us. <laughs> yeah definitely it's weird you're my okay all right your microphone was muted, no, your microphone was uh, was muted, but I could hear you. So maybe I was talking to myself in those opening uh, remarks. I'm not sure. Probably. But uh, but that's, (laughs) you know,
0: not anything new. I mean, there have been numerous (laughs) occasions where you or me are are just talking to ourselves. So, yeah.
1: So uh, I don't know why we wait for those guys to call in. What's going on?
0: I'm just working, I mean, I got the, uh, I, I have a few females that are getting pretty up the size, getting pretty big and ballooned and pretty hard, so it's like, I'm pretty sure I have maybe four or five uh, females so far, and I'm getting locks from a bunch of other stuff, it's like one of those, I start counting baby cages and realize that um, I may have overdone it again, so hopefully, I, I mean, it's like. I would love to have a ton of babies, but then I'm like, what the hell do I do if they all show up? So
1: if they all show up, well, if I get a bunch of eggs, it's (laughs) shit. So, you know, uh,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. That's future Owens problem. That guy's a jerk. So, you know, it's, it's okay.
1: Um, one more, one thing, thing before we get the, uh, these guys on, um, we have uh, officially been nominated uh for the 2016 yeah. radio show or podcast whatever you want to call it uh by the Reptile Report. Um Owens in desperate need of a trophy. He's jealous of my trophies <laughs> sitting on the desk. <laughs> so uh I need, Let's see if I we can make that happen That's for That's all him. <laughs> He's a millennial. He needs all that, you know, you know, Stop everybody it. gets a trophy. That's why you, you bring yourself <laughs> <up> anymore. <laughs> Owen's feeling upset. Anyway, we've been nominated. Um, there's, I think, maybe what, like 10 other radio shows that are nominated. Uh, yes. The hurdle is going to be for us is that there's a couple of Ball Python shows, and, you know, there's like 50,000 50, Ball Python keepers out there, as opposed to, well, I don't know if that's the right number, but, you know, 20,000 <laughs> carpet people. So, uh, I think it's – the way it is is that uh, the link is over on Mo, you know, Morelia Pick of the Week, our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio, um, and then what? You vote every day, I think. Is that how it works? Yes. And then uh, – Yep, you can vote every day. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully we can uh, – we can bring it home for, for the Morelia community again. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's uh, a testament to all the breeders and keepers that come on here to talk about, you know, what they do and giving people tips and tricks and, uh, you know, just making uh, the hobby exciting for, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Cause uh, like last night, yeah. last week talking to Ryan, you know, I, I was like excited about short tails again after hearing them, because, you know, that passion was flowing. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, got it, he got it going. So, uh, so that right. was good. You it still is. Sp- and I mean, like, it, it's one of those things where
0: obviously, if enough people enjoy it, we love to, uh, hear that people are enjoying the show, people listen to the show. And, uh, obviously, after doing five years' worth of a show almost every week, it's like, uh, It'd be very cool to take that thing at home uh, again. I know we got it last year, but, you know, it'd be cool to have two years in a row. So.
1: Yeah. I think we're up to 300 episodes for now. I think that's Holy our number. Crap. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, tonight, uh, well, it's like it's like a dream trip. And, again, like I said, me and Owen were actually supposed to be people that went on this trip. And we ended up that we couldn't go. And like I said, we'll get our balls busted for the entire episode of uh, <laughs> oh, well. why we weren't there. And blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah. You know? Uh,
1: but um, I mean, it's a dream trip for everybody that keeps carpets. I mean, it's one thing to keep them in a box, but it's a totally different thing to uh, to to go over where they're from and see them in the wild. Now I know Nick has been on the show multiple times talking about it, but I'm curious right. to see Chris's input on on right. things, so I don't know. Let's get these guys on. Let's get it going. Uh, what's up, guys? Nick, Chris, welcome to the show. Glad to have you back.
3: Hey. Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey. Pretty good. Fantastic. So get get it out of the way. Go ahead. Yeah do it. It's not the kind of thing you.
4: It's not the kind of thing you can get out of the way all at once. You got to savor it over the course mm. of the whole, oh. the whole yeah, show. Okay. Getting
0: <laughs> like like a fine. the mess.
4: It's like you to shoot the wad all at the beginning. You gotta, gotta pace yourself. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, All right then. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we still got a couple months of Carpet Fest, so uh, <laughs> we'll let you have it up until then.
1: Hopefully yeah. it'll ride right its course by there <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so I guess maybe start by telling us where you went. Where did you guys go?
4: Uh, I don't know what the protocol is for who talked first. <laughs> I don't want to cut Chris
3: <laughs> off or anything. But, uh, well, Nick probably knows the names of all the, uh, all the locations that we hit uh, better than I do.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: we uh, flew into Cairns
4: right off the bat and uh, rented a very questionable vehicle for <laughs> the trip because, well, when you go up the Cape, when you go up the Cape, you really because it's seasonally flooded and the roads wash out because you have to. There are no bridges over any rivers; you just have to drive through the frigid river. The river just flows right. dry 90% of the time, but during the wet, they'll flood. And you'll literally have to, at different times, you'll have to drive through various amounts of water, and then eventually it gets wet enough and you can't, it's impassable. Uh, when we went, into November, beginning of December, December 1st is basically the cutoff for all the rental car companies, where they won't rent you a vehicle, a four-wheel drive, to go up that far north, because your odds are getting swept down the river or getting stranded are pretty high. So they won't rent you on. So we had a hard time finding a vehicle, because though we left, to head up the case before December 1st, we weren't going to come back until after December 1st. And so we ultimately had to find kind of a, kind of instead of rating like a nice like Land Rover or something like we wanted, we ended up in like literally in a Subaru Forester, mm-hmm. a <laughs> all wheel drive, which is great if you're <laughs> taking your kids to soccer practice, but it's a little bit, it's all wheel drive, but that's not really four wheel drive. It's not a real four wheel no. drive. And because no. And we literally drove three thousand seven hundred miles on this thing and it literally just just I mean just it was hard on the vehicle, I'll say. But uh, it made it and got us there. Uh only only blew out two tires and demolished one rim and broke the front bumper, so all in all, not too bad.
3: Uh, and I'm pretty sure it, wow. pretty sure it wasn't designed to fit people of our size either.
4: No, let alone <laughs> five of us. And uh <laughs> Yeah, and just going like a million miles an hour on these dirt roads that are, I mean, most of the Cape is not paved. You get little stretches. Uh, it's you know, basically a 1,000 miles up to the tip of it, and they will be like every like 150 miles, you'll get like 20 miles of paved road just randomly interspersed throughout all this dirt. And I think they just like did the math and figured out, okay, where's the point where people are just about to lose their mind and go crazy, and <laughs> they give you like 20 then you get like 15 minutes of paved roads, and you're just like thanking God. And then it's right <laughs> back to this corrugated dirt that's just bone jarring. And so I, I wondered like, why? Why would they pave like random sections in the middle of nowhere? It's like probably because you're just about the point where you're gonna lose it, and then just smooths out for a little while, and then back to you know, two more hours of rattling. But uh, now we got into Cairns and uh, headed north almost immediately, uh, and herping the whole way. Uh, there's really only one road that goes up. Uh, there's really very little infrastructure in Cape York, Peninsula. Uh, right. Very, very little infrastructure. You have the one main road that goes up. There are very few side roads. There's really almost no access to the Gulf of Carpentaria. Almost no roads go there or to the coast. you pretty much got one road to drive up. So when you see locality animals and stuff that people post from various locality lines, you know that all those animals originated from right off that road because there isn't, any, there isn't <laughs> any other roads. So it's like, you know, when you see a, wow. a, a Wenlock River or something or other, it's like, well, so that's, you know where that was because you, you got no choice. It's, uh, so it's kind of interesting to go to you see all these places. But, uh, you know, we had to cross the Wenlock River, the Pasco River, the Jardine River, and the uh, Archer River for the four river crossings, which fortunately for us, all of them were dry, even though it was kind of late in the season. We had a, right. unusually uh, favorable conditions. The Jardine River is permanent water, and it, but that's way, 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 way up the north. There's actually a ferry for that one, but uh, you don't have to drive through anything. But, um, that, was the, wow. that was the goal all the way.
2: Uh,
4: we originally planned on just driving up to Iron Range and looking for green trees and scrubbies, uh, but uh, got a plug up our ass to, like, you know what? It's only another 600 Ks or whatever. Why don't we drive all the way to the tip of the continent and get as far north as we can? And we did. Just just to plant our flag, I guess, and say we did it. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty awesome, That It was pretty awesome, though, actually, to get to realize how far you'd gone up there and everything and be there. So, wow. Was,
1: uh, and you guys missed out. Yeah, and how many, how, how many <laughs> days was the trip? How many days uh, did you guys down there? Do you remember? He was there remember by 11? 11 days? Yeah, that sounds about right. You get okay. kind of this weird time warp thing
4: happens where you don't know what day it is, You don't know what day of the week it is. At least I can't keep track of that stuff. You don't know how long you've been there because you travel in time when you go across the international date line. You you jump forward on an entire day. You you travel forward in time a whole day. There's like a whole day of your life that never actually occurs because you skipped it because you crossed the international date line. On the way back, you have one day of your life that's like 47 hours long because you go backwards across the date line. You You live the same day twice, and I get all screwed up with that stuff. I don't know what I mean. Usually I would travel with somebody that
3: pays more
1: attention than me, fortunately. You know what they say, Nick, you might, you probably know this maybe, but they say when, uh, I heard this from, uh, Joe Rogan, but when he has uh, problems with that, he works out and that goes away. He just That's like right. goes to the gym, hits it up. It's, it's, it's all, it's the
4: solution to all
1: problems. Go to the gym. Go
4: to the gym. <laughs> That's that's true. <laughs> work out your fr- work out your frustrations and mm. the world would be a lot awesome. a lot better place and more people would do that. Take out their frustrations and you can just be mellow the rest of the time. <laughs> so.
1: so uh what was the highlight of the trip? I mean what what I mean I guess it's different for both of you, but what what did you enjoy seeing uh, the most? Uh,
3: my highlight of the trip was uh Using a woman's restroom with Nick at about one o'clock in the
2: morning. <laughs> oh, I just
3: forgot about that.
2: Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. You. That's another
4: thing, you know. Like if you're away from home, you don't have home field advantage anymore, so to speak, in <laughs> such matters. And you're making some. You just making some seriously questionable uh, nutritional choices, and you're on a road trip <laughs> like that, and then you, know, you just like, you yeah. know, add some like questionable you know, puff pastry, meat pies, and sausage rolls and such, and then just kind of, like, jiggle your belly aggressively for eight hours driving on a dirt road, you sometimes might have a bit of gastrointestinal uh, (laughs) issues to deal with, (laughs) (laughs) such as as the cakes in the late night. uh, And uh, it's like, you know what, we're using this bathroom. I don't care if the, I don't remember if the men's room is closed or whatever, but it's like,
0: well, this isn't going to wait. So (laughs) we're in (laughs) the women's room. Wow. Okay. Well, it, yeah. yeah. well when you gotta go. So. <laughs> it seems less. One of those things that gets funnier the longer
4: time goes by. It's like at the time, you know, less funny, but it cracks me up now. <laughs> it's like a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. At the time, we, were, we blew that tire out on the side of the road, like 300 miles from any civilization, and we're just totally trying to change tires. Well, it's funny at the oh. time.
0: It's hysterical now, though. You know, like,
3: yeah. I don't know, Nick. That, uh, that second tire that we blew out, I don't think I'll ever find that funny. Oh, god. Uh, that was that a very was a uncomfortable funny. walk for me and Nick that was through the funny. jungle.
4: We were literally, it was like the last, second to last night, the last night, full night we were going to have there, and uh. so we found a couple black and white jungles around gelatin. We were trying to find a you know, black and gold and more traditional, and also we're uh, down by Palmerston, and there's uh, kind of this uh, scenic bypass road that just drives you through the rainforest, Uh, but the road is so little used that it is completely overgrown, and in spots you can't even see pavement. There's no way one car – you couldn't pass anybody on it because it's only as wide as one car, but even then, there's just leaves and tree branches smacking the side of the vehicle. It's that overgrown with vegetation. And which is awesome, like this is the best place ever to look for a snake, and it's supposed to be kind of the locals will say it's a good place to look for jungles.
0: Um, uh-huh.
4: But we were pushing our luck big time because this vehicle, we didn't check the spare tire when we rented it, and the tires, the it were fine. But we didn't check, like this is not equipped, this is not a serious four wheel drive for where we were going. We blew right. out a tire uh, because the road is a million degrees, and you drive over a pointy rock, tire blows out, and you're, and that's that. So we go bust out the spare, get it all jacked up. The spare is absolutely, like, the most – it should not have even been ready to do The spare – the only thing I could say about the spare was that it had air in it. It would hold air. Like <laughs> that was it. Like, it was the most – it was literally, like, just the baldest had no tread on it whatsoever. And, like, oh, there's is sketchy. So then we decided, you know what? Yeah, we now have no spare, and we got, you know, several hundred miles to get to the tip. Let's just keep going anyway, right? Right. But, uh, why not? And so we did, and we made it all the way up. We made it all the way back on that crappy spare, and we were literally the last night we're down this access road looking for jungle carpets, And we got about maybe two miles down this road, and everything, and blew out the spare. The blew out the spare, and that's weird. There, but you can't even turn around on this road, and no one would see. You would die of old age waiting for help. No one could even find you. You know, it's like it's that kind of a road. So
2: uh-huh. we had to
4: eventually get it turned around, and drive it, like, two miles on a flat on the rim, basically. <laughs> uh, but to keep the weight off of it as much, like, Chris and I, we had, like, there's five of us. So Mitch was driving, and two guys were walking behind, and I got the duty of walking up front with Chris, who at this point was not amused.
2: <laughs> at the extreme, like, it was, like,
4: it wasn't funny at then because there was really, when you're basically, you know, like, that for, like, two weeks, you're basically, like, living in a car, with like five guys, and you're just never more than like two inches away from each other. Eventually, everybody has a moment where they snap and almost kill someone. It happens, right, it, it happens to everybody. It, oh, oh I and mean, I even told him at the beginning. At some point, we're all going to almost kill each other because and, <laughs> you know just you're just so close. There's no way to get away. Well, for Chris, it was the night we blew up the last tire. He was Mister Calm, Cool, Collected, Easy Going the whole time, and boy, that tire blew up, and it was because. Curf- did raised some objection to the, this is really sketchy on this tire. <laughs> i really
2: pushing
3: the <laughs> <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Well, I was yeah, trying to be uh, voice a like, reason because yeah, we were, yeah. we were going to be going to the Great Barrier Reef, mm-hmm. and we only had a couple hours to sleep. And I was like, ah, maybe we should use this time to sleep instead of going out herping. And I'm pretty sure we drove straight there to the reef on, like, no sleep.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. we, uh, Mitch,
4: we had to, so we're walking out of this road for, like, two miles, and it's raining, mind you, in the rain, wow, in better. shorts and flip-flops, in the rain, and the entire time, Chris didn't say a word, like, it was, like, this was crazy <laughs> silence, like, and he didn't dare say anything, he's, like, like, don't even freaking look at it,
2: or he's gonna just, like, stab him <laughs> by
4: stabbing guys, and it's, like, he just tell, like, it was, like, just, like the fuse was lit Just any little thing It was just going to Absolutely go off The tire cake Was going to go off So You just, just Kind of <laughs>
2: walked,
4: walked in silence And looked at your feet For like miles Or if To get back out To the main road To wait rescue uh, Because could, Then we could get A cell phone signal Kind of sorta of, And then Mitch Was able to get a hold Of uh, our Australian friend That went with us He was able to get a hold Of basically The Australian equivalent of AAA. So about an hour <laughs> and a half After that They showed up and the rim was, even the rim was completely fucked. Uh, so he took the wheel and then did find a tire. And it was like, so it was hours. Had to hammer the flat spots out of the rim for it being so demolished. And oh, yeah. And uh, we got us back on the road. We literally didn't sleep at all that entire night. That last night, there was not only no herping because it was all trying to get this thing situated and drove straight from once we got the wheel on at like four o'clock in the morning, drove straight to back to Cairns to get on the boat to go dot scuba diving. And with literally no sleep, there was just, we, and we just Jesus. barely made it, but we made it. Wow. Though, see, that's, and that's why it's funny now. See. If we hadn't made it, we'd be, you know, bitter about it, but it's,
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's, wow. uh, well, yeah. what was the Great Barrier Reef like? I mean, you did either of you guys ever? I, well, Chris, you didn't, but Nick, have you ever been there before scuba diving?
4: Uh, this is my fourth trip to Australia. On my very first trip, I went scuba diving on the Great Barrier. It's a different part of the reef, a little further north. Oh, okay. Okay. Around, around Cape Tribulation, but uh, no, it was amazing.
1: Uh,
4: yeah. And it was swam with a uh, did some like basically ocean herping because there's sea turtles are all over the place there. And oh wow. And
1: every time
4: I like, bad luck every. Every time I'm in the ocean in Australia, I always miss the damn sea turtle. Uh, everybody else sees them but me. And this time, I mean, this huge sea turtle. I mean, I was, I was swimming like an inch away from him, just gliding along next to my buddy the sea turtle, who was enormous. And he didn't seem the least bit concerned with me at all, because he was bigger than me. I mean, this giant sea turtle. But it was just this weird, just kind of like, you know, 20 feet down, just kind of gliding along, flying underwater next to this giant turtle. It was amazing. Uh, That's uh, awesome. Highly recommend. highly recommend that. As long as you don't freak out scuba diving. but uh,
1: it's uh it's it's an experience everybody should have I think. Heck yeah. That's what cool. about you, Chris? Yeah. How did you, how did you like it? Scuba diving?
3: Well, I didn't go scuba diving, I just did the snorkeling. Oh, okay. Um, but uh no, it was pretty neat. Um I mean like Nick said, they got the sea turtles there and then there was a c there was different types of sharks. Uh we didn't I didn't see any sharks. Uh, I just saw uh probably parrot fish and then a whole bunch of other smaller fish. Um, but I mean you don't even have to go down deep. The the reef is right there. It's probably only about thirty feet deep. So I mean you don't even have okay. to dive down and you can see the entire reef right under you. Wow.
1: No great no great whites floating around anywhere? <laughs> Damn. No, just jellyfish <laughs> everywhere. Oh, oh that's shit! That is, that's that's
0: concerning.
1: You got to worry about that more than the sharks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it was jellyfish
4: season too, so we had to wear uh, finger suits. Maybe oh, you okay. like a it's like a really. You wouldn't normally need a wetsuit, but it's uh, for buoyancy and everything, and the water's are warm. But it's like a really thin, kind of almost like a Lycra suit that makes you look a big like a big blue Smurf, but uh, to keep the <laughs> the jellyfish from <laughs> right. stinging you.
0: Yeah, we uh, saw those but, pictures of you were looking like the, the tick or something like that. Is yeah. That uh, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but Nick, did you have to get scuba certified or did they just let you take the tank and go for it?
4: No, there's a cheap way to do that. Uh, most countries it's legal though, you will have to be patty certified to scuba dive if you go with the instructor and they're kind of stay with you the whole time. I did a couple cool. of dives. So, the first dive, they were, like, right there with you. I mean, the second dive, which was, like, 45, we were down for 45 minutes. Uh, it was, like, you stay out, but you run out of air. And uh, the second dive, they like, I mean, we just went up. I mean, they, the instructor was always there with never more than maybe 100 feet, you know, close enough to where he could get to you if he needed to. You. And they just pop by and check your your oxygen levels and all your – check your gauges and everything every so often. Uh, right. So, you don't have to worry about that. stuff. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. It's once you if you've never done it it, it, it freaks you out a little bit at first because it's a wholly unnatural thing, to be breathing underwater. Yeah. <laughs> once you get past that, it's it's just absolutely it's, it's hard to describe. It is awesome. Uh, no. another awesome thing you could have done.
2: God damn it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I told you, you knew we were going to do this stuff, man.
4: You know, it's like, it's like we're going to go, we're going to find green trees, we're going to find, you know, carpets and scrubs and all this stuff, and surprise, surprise, we found all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's
2: pretty
1: good, so, the
4: pythons even found a couple species I
1: didn't expect. So what was the, uh, the uh, highlight as far as that goes, yeah? Uh...
2: I don't know, Chris.
4: What was your favorite of all the herpetofauna we found? What do you think was your favorite?
3: Uh, I would say the jungle, just because. I mean, I have jungle here. I don't have. I'm not really big into green tree arms, Um so the jungle would have to be for me. Um, and whatever you do, don't mention that you start to become interested in the locality stuff, because Nick goes right into salesman mode.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> How much stuff did you buy Come on, man What? I mean, that's got to be Did you send you a box? I mean, because that had to have been
1: happening Oh, no, it ain't like that Is that why you kept asking me If you should get Palmerson's? Yes. <laughs> yeah
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. C- Chris I mean, sends you know, me a message I know it's in the wild. Yeah, Chris sends me a message Like a week after he you know, gets there, and he's like, uh, hey, man, how do you like your palmersons?" And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, here we go, man. Yeah. Cool. So you saw some gelatins. What was it? it? Uh, Well, Chris, I have to ask you. I mean, what's the the experience like for you to see a carpet python in the wild? You know?
3: Oh, it was great. Um, You also realized that these animals could Tolerate a lot more than than people think Yes, yeah, so I was going
1: to ask you that. As um, far as what?
3: I mean, there was there was one night where um, we were sleeping in you know sweatpants and sweatshirts because it, it got cold at night. Right. Um, but then, you know, there were there were days when we were out that it was really hot. I mean, I'm i uh, weren't in that area where it was really hot, but still, I mean, it goes to show you that it's. It's not an ambient temperature of 80 degrees all the time, and, you know, sometimes it's real dry, other times it's wet. Um, you know, this, you saw green tree pythons that were just full of parasites. The uh, well, the green tree that we found in the Iron Range, um, you could see all the the bumps on its body from the parasites that it had. Really? You know, and it, yeah. Yeah,
4: they get these little... Uh... Skin worms that are lodged between their muscle wall and, they, and their skin, and so see a little like cyst-like bump on it. It's usually a little worm lives underneath their skin. And this, this poor guy was just riddled with them.
0: Oh wow! Jeez. Was,
4: but so so still sitting there in ambush. I uh, was ready to go, sitting there in ambush pose, six inches off the ground, like they always are. People always picture like Jeez. green trees, like way up in a tree. It's like when you find them, they're literally damn near on the ground. They're in a skinny tree, on the trunk of the tree, facing the ground in ambush position, but this snake's head was not more than, like, eight inches off the ground. They're right down on the ground ground level uh, and just sitting there waiting. I
3: think we're looking at a picture of them, And it sure wouldn't leave that ambush position. Like, it wasn't distracted by you being there. And other than that one scrub, that the second scrub we came across, everything was pretty mellow um the carpet uh the black-headed python Oh you know that that, that first stupid. club that we found was was really calm Yeah, wow. Even the
4: black blackhead wasn't too bad uh and it really was just that I mean people think of scrub pythons as all being really nasty tempered but uh King Hordei, Australia might have more than one species of scrubby. You've basically got their obligate rainforest animals. They only find <clears throat> scrubbies in rainforests and maybe, you know, mm. going over into very closely adjacent areas, but they're a rainforest species. Well, Australia has three rainforest blocks that are not connected in any way and are way far apart from each other. You've got the biggest section where your jungle carpets are and all the scrubbies that you usually see down around Cairns. You've got those. And that's the scrubby. When people think of King Horn that's what they're thinking of. Uh, and they're nasty-tempered animals, by and large. And we found one in the wild, and it was a jerk. Um, but uh, then when you get to Iron Range, you've got another rainforest block around Iron Range, and there's scrubbies there. But they can't interbreed, they haven't been able to interbreed in a very, very long time with the ones further south. And then when you get all the way to the very tip, uh, you've got another population of scrub pythons, And they all look different. Each population looks different at the, in the uh, Lockerbie scrub, at the, which is a block of rainforest at the very, very tip. And uh, we did look one night in the Lockerbie scrub, but we just found no snakes. We really got stuck in the Lockerbie scrub. We only spent one night up there. Uh, but the Iron Range ones, apparently, from what I've gathered, are pretty docile. Uh, and surely the one, the one we found was completely placid and had no no desire to bite anybody. And they looked different. They were kind of had a weird, like, ghostly, kind of hypomelanistic sheen to them. It was like a darker snake overall, but it was like a weird, bluish-grayish, kind of hypo looking very different-looking than the one further south and uh, quite an attitude uh, adjustment also. So that was... That was pretty cool.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. That's very cool.
4: <clears throat> it's Australia, <throat> I think is... so for every one python you find, you find ten venomous snakes. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> um, in, Australia, in Australia, you only have basically venomous snakes and pythons, because even Australia's non-venomous snakes are still a little bit venomous. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> venomous and more venomous. But, so, like, the harmless snakes <laughs> in Australia are, like, you know, Brown tree snakes and stuff like that, They're still venomous, not you know dangerously so. But we just find three brown tree snakes, which are kind of a neat snake. Uh,
1: wow! Found one of those. They're, they're so who slept in? Places. So so, what was the sleeping conditions like? I mean, did you sleep in? <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> just wherever you oh, fell. Oh my god! I mean,
0: let
3: just we were not staying at the Hilton.
4: Um, we were all uh, my friend Mark Goyer went. And he had the wherewithal and the foresight to bring his own camping gear. His own little sweet one-man tent popped up. All this trick camping gear. He was all kitted out like a champion. Mitch, same thing. Had this sweet little one-man tent. All his own gear. Totally professional setup. The rest of us, not so much. Uh, (laughs) The Subaru we rented. You can rent these things in Australia, where there's a tent on the freaking roof. There's like a big box that kind of and the tent unfolds on this platform that's on the roof. So you have like a three man tent that's on the literally on the roof and a ladder to get up into it. Uh so me and Stephen Katz uh
3: slept in the tent, in the roof tent every night and Chris just slept in the car. I just slept in totally uh, the front seat of the car. The first night I I was gonna go up in that tent and I was just like oh the hell with this. If I have to get down go to the bathroom or whatever. I'm not coming back down these uh the ladder and I also didn't now, I didn't trust it having just, three large guys up in that uh in that tent. So I just yeah, slept in the sketchy. front seat. <laughs> and uh I was fine, put the seat back and uh I slept yeah. great. So you can imagine basically uh what we
4: smelled like by the end of this trip. Uh
2: we only totally well. <laughs> car
4: this entire yeah. time and when you're in the back seat like you are literally like I mean assholes and elbows. You're in constant rubbing the elbow you're just jammed in there. Uh this whole time and you know, sleeping in a car or on the roof of a car, I mean just
3: yeah. <laughs> wow. It was uh,
4: not not comfortable. My last trip to Western Australia I was the one who slept in the car. Uh, you know, but but I just you're you're not going there to be comfortable, I guess is what I'm saying. It's uh there's nowhere to stay in a lot of these remote areas. It's not like there's hotels everywhere. You pretty much drive until you find a good place to stop and then you just pull over and pitch tent and fly to the road or whatever uh There isn't anywhere to stay in in most cases anyway so uh so you're not you're not comfortable uh at all like you know uh, so you don't i mean I don't think I got any rem sleep at all the entire
0: trip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: I can sleep when I get – I pay a lot of money to go look for snakes. So I can sleep when I get home.
0: Right. You get the flight home. You just sleep the entire way home.
4: So. Yeah, you know, I never do. I mean, I'm always I, – usually I do writing and whatnot. I had a little bit of a writing project I was working on, so that consumed most of the flight over and the way back. Uh, that's, oh, that's a cool. long time. If you got things you're yeah. – you need to get done, and you're stuck in a tube for 14 hours with a computer. It's like, oh, you can get a lot accomplished.
2: With right. No, other, you know, no, dis-
4: no distractions, you know. So I did that mostly, but uh,
3: yeah, everybody else going so you know, to I agreed to get into a plane for 28 hours because I thought you would be there also.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I do not like to fly. I can't
1: see what I, you, <laughs> see what I did for you, man? See what I did for you? I can't
3: sit still for more than five minutes. I'm not comfortable in the plane.
1: <laughs> and that Shit, first, just driving. That to, first drive, drive
3: of the trip. I what? I
1: was going to say, driving to Owen's house, you were growing crazy. <laughs> well, oh, good. I know. <laughs> I just I can't so. sit still. Oh, that's crazy. So where did you fly the out of, Chris?
3: I flew you out of to... New York. Um right. so I had to fly from New York to Los Angeles, which was probably about a, almost a 6-hour flight. And uh then, you know, from Los Angeles, we went to Cairns, and uh we went to Brisbane and then Brisbane to Cairns. So in total, our first of our, our flights over there was for me was 28 hours. Um wow. and then coming home with all the layovers, um it was I want to say forty hours or forty-one hours to get home.
1: Holy shit!
4: Yeah, wow. I think mine was actually even worse because I had a, I had a six, uh, I had a well it turned into be a nine-hour drive after I landed. Because I drive oh. over to Seattle, and for me, Seattle's three hundred miles, so I, it takes about five. If the roads are dry and good weather conditions, it's about five and a half hours. Five five and a half hours for me to drive to Seattle. I meet up with Mark, and then we go to the airport and fly out of Seattle, and then two and a half hours to L.A. and met up with everybody. On the way back, uh, it had snowed a tremendous amount in the Cascade Mountains, so it took me almost nine hours to get home. And it was, like, Uh. sketchy, white-knuckle ride the whole time. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, So, yeah, that sucks, because you're already, like, so tired, because you've been traveling for, like, 30-something hours without sleep, and then to finish off with a nine-hour late-night drive on ice. (laughs) So nine hours... (laughs) That was so <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah,
2: it was great. that's <laughs> all fun and games, so you got to go home. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, when
3: you're There's going there, up. when you're going, you're all excited, so you really don't care about the, the travel. But then right. coming home, you just – every airport you get to, it's more security. It's more – you know, you got to get your luggage and then recheck your luggage. And then, you know, at that point, you just want to go home. You don't care because we, when we got to L.A., there was actually an announcement that 35 bags never made it on the plane from Australia. I didn't care anymore. Yeah. I just wanted to go home. They could accept they myself.
2: You
3: know, I just didn't care. And then my final flight from California to New York, I, I didn't, again, I didn't care anymore. Um, I just wanted to go to sleep. I slept that whole flight. I don't even remember it.
1: Right. Jesus
4: yeah, so it's that moment when when the fun is over and you're on your way to the airport and you're like, "Holy crap! I am so far away from my house.
2: Like <laughs> I'm literally on the
4: other side of the earth. I couldn't be <laughs> any further away. I now have to travel literally halfway around the world. I've had my fun, and I, now all there's to look forward to is it. like traveling halfway around the world over like a two day period, so I can come home to a messy house and dirty
3: snakes, and it's like, oh shit, right.
2: <laughs> Party time's <laughs> over." You
3: know, uh, Jesus. I still haven't unpacked my bag. My bag is still sitting here at the closet. <laughs> I just don't care Wait! <laughs> you know, you know it's
2: funny it's the funny thing you
3: say that. I'm
4: sitting in my bedroom and, and my backpack is still. I'm looking at my backpack and I have. I took some of the stuff out, of the clothes, but they're still crap in my bag too. It's
2: still sitting
1: there. Uh, wow.
4: But, yeah, <laughs> getting ready gotta, for the next. Trip. Everybody's. Oh, I'm oh I'm totally ready for the next step.
1: <laughs> Mitchell River
4: Falls, baby. Mitchell River Falls. That's what I'm doing.
1: Mitchell River Falls where's you know, that at? Yeah. Uh
4: Western Australia. It's the where you find rough scale plateau.
2: Ooh. Uh oh oh and... <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs>
4: and
2: it's literally about as
4: it's about as hard a place to get to as you can possibly imagine. So challenge accepted. So, uh, that'll be fly into Darwin and then drive a thousand miles west across the top of the Kimberley and then you gotta there's a road, you can get there overland but you have to take what's called the Gibb River Road which is to call it a road uses the term road very loosely I know it's it's not not a road that is not, not maintained at all really and not for the faint of heart and you need a very serious vehicle to do it, but I think that's what the next one will be. There's something about like going because it's hard to get to a certain place that almost like makes it more enticing, like because it's difficult. Like right. anybody can fly yeah. in the and go scuba diving. There's tons of tourists doing that, but to get to you know all the way to Pomaga at the tip of the peninsula, that's what takes some doing, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: or to get to some of these really far-flung places, so uh, it adds to the uh, the adventure level.
2: That's enough, some real you know, Indiana like a Jones thing. shit. <laughs> that, yeah, that's
4: in- dude, my I I I got a lifetime pull of that kind of stuff, and I I feel sorry people live their whole lives and never have any adventures. They never go anywhere. They never do anything. They never have that kind of, any of these awesome experiences, 'cause there's just a ton of them. Here. There's no shortage of place to go and awesome things to see and do. And I mean, that's living life, man. I can't otherwise, you know. I don't know. Hell oh, like, yeah. My my attitude is kind of like, if you want it, grab it by the balls and take it, because no one's going to give it to you. If you think it's cool to do it, make that stuff happen for yourself, because otherwise it won't. You know, everybody can people can make excuses, like you guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. You know, <laughs>
2: I knew it. <laughs> and, uh, coming. I mean, it's easy yeah. to make
4: excuses, but, it, I mean, you'll end up, you get hit by a bus one day, you realize it's all over, and you never did. The thing you wanted to do, and it's you know life's too short to screw around, man, you gotta just you gotta do stuff and and that and that's that's pretty much it, I guess it's like you gotta wait i mean tomorrow never comes for a lot of a lot of instances and stuff people put things off and definitely oh, I wanna go there someday, someday, someday it's like no, today, make that thing happen if it's important, make it happen or shut up <laughs> basically it's like just do it it's not if you decide to do something. However big or grand or expensive or whatever, if you if you make the decision to do something, then at that point it just becomes a logistical problem. What's it going to take to make that happen? What do I need to do? To, and then it's like once you commit to something, then you usually figure it out. It's like you'll you'll figure it out, and it's just one of those things. So I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna try to go every year now.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going somewhere every year. One of the good things about this trip is every trip that I've ever been on, we've kind of had an itinerary. So Uh every day that I was there, I knew what I was going to be doing. This trip was completely different. Once we got there, like every day, nothing was planned. We kind of just figured it out as we went. So you never knew where you were going to be. You never knew where you were going to stay. You know, we would just find a spot on the side of the road, and that was our hotel for the night. Right. You know, we kind of just we yeah. would <laughs> wing it the whole time. You know, and I yeah, think that the was the funniest part of the trip.
2: We basically
4: knew that we were going to get there and start going north. We weren't yeah. even sure we'd make it to Iron range because it was so late in the year. we we'll let's get as far north as we can, whatever that means. And then we knew kind of sort of that we wanted to hit the Great River Reef on the last day or so. But beyond that, everything is just kind of see where, we, where the road takes us and where we can go and how far we can get and Worked out pretty well. Uh, did found a few python species I didn't even expect to find. I mean, we, we went. I mean, you go to Iron Range because you want to find a green tree python because that's where they are. I mean, right. that was obviously what you're looking for there. The scrubby was a bonus. Really wanted to find one of those, ended up finding two. Uh, but also found. A, you guys know what a pygmy Simpsons is? A pygmy band is a little. It's an undescribed. It's a fifth species of this. It's a probable fifth species of anteresia that's not formally been described as yet. Um, yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
4: And they're about on par with a pygmy python in size, but perhaps more slender, they're just tiny. We found one. I couldn't believe we found one. We're looking for freaking spotted pythons of all things. Because spotted pythons are sympatric with these little pygmy things. They live in the same place, but don't seem to intermingle. But they, you find them in the same habitat. Uh, so we were around Mount Carby, which we knew was a known locality for the pygmies, but... Uh, we're not really expecting to be lucky enough to find one.
2: We went three
4: nights there. We spent three nights there trying to find a freaking spotted python. Never found a spotted python. The thing we thought was the, easier, the easiest thing to find we never found, we found a blackhead python, which is not even really common around that area. We found a
2: black python, and
4: it's and one of the little pygmy, uh, stimmy things, which I was just blown away. I was so stoked to see one of those. Uh, wow. You know, Full grown adult, about the diameter of my pinky finger, and maybe 15 inches long. You
3: know, because they're just little tiny guys. But uh,
4: yeah, that no, was amazing. So uh, and that black of
3: python that we found, it was it was missing part of its tail. It just had a stump really? on the end of it.
4: It was you know, missing it was, all of its tail. It, it it literally sick. Yeah, it was probably about a four-foot blackhead, and it had about a half inch of tail. Wow. Something is pictures, off or got, you
3: could see it pretty uh you could see it pretty clearly.
4: Yeah, it's just oh, and the, no tail there. But it was obviously an old injury that was well healed from years earlier and they were just curling around with no tail, just fine. Uh That's nuts. I've only ever found one blackhead I found four blackheads now on all these trips and only one looked like it was in good shape. The other three were all beat to crap. I'm walking in Western Australia, like I got literally had obviously been run over by a car, and cracked, crushed all its ribs in the middle. Of, but it was like an old injury, and years later, it was still cruising around after getting run over and not dying. You know, jeez.
2: Oh wow.
4: Are, oh, they're they're tough. The first one I found was around Darwin in Northern Territory, and it, it something had like ripped, into the side of its neck, like right behind its head. It was a giant chunk of meat was just missing, was this huge, gnarly scab. It, you tell something had just, like, bit a chunk of meat out of its neck, and it was just pretty long, you know, like, sure, it would probably be fine.
1: Wow. Uh,
4: Yeah, apparently what blackheads eat bites back. uh, They're always uh, (laughs) taking a pretty good beating. Yeah, now I did find a couple of jungle carpets around gelatin. Interesting little tidbit there. I was happy to see that they look exactly like you expect them to look. Like actually we're like, oh, they look just like you picture a gelatin jungle looking like look exactly like that. <laughs> uh, really? uh and we were at the edge of Gelatin Township and uh we're at the same place. So it's found both the same road on two different nights. And um uh, there's like on one side of the road, it's like a dirt road and on one side of the road there's this block of virgin rainforest just goes straight up from the edge of the road and on the other side of the road it's all been clear cut and it's a farmer's field. Uh so you've got a like rainforest on one side and both of those damn snakes were in the middle of the road, headed out of the rainforest into the farmer field farmer's field.
2: <laughs> so apparently yeah. and apparently
4: that's the easiest place to find them. You find them like they you know, hang out and shelter in the rainforest during the day and then at night go into the farmer's field to hunt because agriculture draws prey species. So they were they were headed into the field, uh, as a, from the rainforest. So uh, That's they seem cool. to be, I mean, carpets are pretty adaptable to secondary habitat and human encroachment anyway. But even jungle carpets, because you see it, you, you know it's going to be like that. But it's kind of depressing because that whole area would be all rainforest, and it's so mm-hmm. much of it is just chopped up for sugarcane production or whatever other kind of agriculture. Tons of. A, you know, a lot of the Atherton Tablelands is not rainforest anymore. It is, you know, a lot of agricultural land and stuff. And there's little, like, just chopped up chunks of isolated pockets of rainforest that aren't even necessarily contiguous, interspersed with agricultural areas and stuff. But there are snakes still living in the areas that are rainforest, but they're and they're utilizing the uh, modified habitat in the agricultural areas to hunt and, you know, and, and at least pass through so <laughs> I don't know. It seems to work. But it must it's not be that right. hard to find if we found two of them.
3: So. <laughs> wow. And one night we were driving through the rainforest. We are driving up and down the road. And we probably mm-hmm. passed. It's like cows just wander out of their fields. Oh, wow. and just And just into the rainforest. And we must have passed these same two cows like 50 times <laughs> up and down the road. But it's just so strange to see them standing there. They must wander off the the farms and uh, into the forest. That's cool. cool. Um, Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Any lizard species?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Monitors are, I mean, there's a ton. Obviously, Australia is like the monitor capital of the universe. Uh, right. But it turns out monitors yeah. are really fast and hard to catch. Um, <laughs> so usually when you see one, it just results in you acting looking like an idiot, chasing after some lizards you had no hope in hell of catching. <laughs> but, uh, there are lots of instances on the trip of chasing, unsuccessfully chasing monitors. And uh, Mitch is like, uh, I wish he could have been on. I, I got a hold of him, but he's moving today because uh, he, so he couldn't, uh, couldn't come on the show tonight. But uh, mm-hmm. Mitch cracks me up because he's almost like. He's, like, super Australian. Like, when you like it's almost like to the point of being comically Australian. And he's got the crazy, the, the hat, and he's barefoot. Like, literally, <laughs> the man did not wear shoes. He owned shoes. Right. But he never really actually wore them.
3: He and seemed he had to like flip Any shoes he had, he lost wherever we went.
4: I think he lost two pairs of shoes and a pair of sunglasses. Oh, my God. What will happen is, like, he, he did most of the driving and everything because he'd been there and knew where he was going, so I'm like, all right, you can drive. Uh, and uh, so we're headed up, and, like, all of a sudden, just slam on, this happened more than once, slam on the brakes, full stop, run out, just just light out out of there and run at a million miles an hour through the bush, and there's just sticks and rocks and all kinds of things, your feet just hurt watching this. and he's barefoot like some kind of a hobbit, just flying, <laughs> chasing after his monitor lizards, and just running, through, like, "How does his feet? His feet had like an inch thick callus. It literally was like a hobbit foot. he
2: uh, was oh never
4: wearing shoes, and literally climbing trees with no shoes, chasing after monitors. He ran full on into a barbed wire fence, chasing a uh, monitor because you apparently get so caught up in what you're doing because you got to run them down, or you're never gonna you can't take your eye off of them. Didn't see the fence and just slammed into a barbed wire fence, which." Only slowed him down for about one second, but he lost his sunglasses, a shoe and the monitor got away. But uh, just like man, that's a level of dedication
2: there.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, yeah, I
3: wonder, we found yeah. uh there's probably three three different stores monitors that we found. All in the yes, same three or four.
4: Area. Yeah, they this little tiny the store I store I little like the size mm-hmm. of an anole. Like an adult and like a few little like uh, juveniles, but man, they're tiny. And they are literally just under rocks and these rock piles and stuff, and that's uh, pretty abundant. Uh, that was really the we got the best pictures of those ones probably And any of them. All the other ones were just so wary. Uh, I mean, you get you got some pictures of them up in the you know you get close enough to get halfway decent pictures of them up in a tree, but you're not catching. They're they're going to get up that tree a lot faster than you are. So, uh,
2: right content to
4: content to, but it's you know to leave and be. But a lot of times you. I mean, at least three or four times a day during the day. so what you do is, like, on these trips, you'll, like, cover a bunch of ground during the daylight hours. And then at night, once it's, like, about 15 oh, no. minutes after it gets dark, you start, you get into whatever, all day you travel to get to the area you're going to road cruise, and then you cruise for, like, three hours, four hours, and then you sleep for two hours and get up and repeat. But every day three or four times you'd see a monitor just go flying like a thousand miles an hour across the road where like never their feet are all their feet are off the ground at the same time. They're going so fast and they're just, they're just you see them scurrying around all the time. Uh, so built, huge frilly. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, that is cool. Well, so uh, in the you get depressed because you find a lot of roadkill where, like, oh, the car in
3: front of just ran over, this spilled dragon. there's eggs all over the road. That
0: happened.
3: Oh. It was like, oh, wow. Like a mm-hmm. huge female spruly that was gravid, sm-
4: smashed in the middle of the road, was still wet. Like, like, it literally just happened minutes before we got there, because in that kind of intense, he... <laughs> It would basically mummify in just a few hours. <laughs> it desiccates to nothing. Oh. The road's like hundred over 100 degrees. There's a pretty
3: big monitor, it was so monitor also that was a uh, roadkill and a, a big scrub too, probably like a nine-foot scrub python that was roadkill oh, right. also. right, yeah.
2: Jeez. Yeah, that was
4: right out by where we uh, blew, blew the second tire. Uh, huge one. Uh, so It was a little disappointed we didn't see a lot of bigger scrubby. The, the two we found, uh, one was in the Daintree which is a World Heritage site uh, for the rainforest there, uh, not far from Cape Trib. That was pretty awesome. but That one, was, he was, you know, a jerk. Uh, but both of the ones we found, the one in Daytree and the one in Iron Range, are both about, you know, five foot, just little guys, you know. Uh, so still I wanted to see, like, a big one. And when we found it, it had just been run over, you know, when you find these things, if you found something that had been mummified and been run over like days earlier, that'd be one thing. But when you find it, when it's still like half twitching, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, you know, it's
0: like people run running yeah. stuff
4: over. We flew half, flew halfway around the world and someone probably swerved to run that over on purpose. Um, oh, the Scruffy was probably hit by a road train. So it was really mangled. Um, but I mean, that's just kind of, you get used to seeing that. Unfortunately, it sucks. Uh, uh, but uh comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. But still, yeah, absolutely an amazing trip. You guys uh, you know what is, really blew you it. You know what's
3: everywhere on the roads there? <laughs> the first night we were driving and it's raining, and uh-huh. there were cane toads everywhere.
2: <laughs> <And we don't, laughs>
3: they just come hopping out of nowhere, hitting your cars. I mean, even if you wanted to avoid them, you couldn't, because there's just yeah, so I mean, many of them. I
4: would say we probably saw like four or five hundred cane toads on the trip. Holy I shit! Mean, you'll see, you'll see fifty a night, sometimes more. That's not an exaggeration. They're literally everywhere.
0: They're the invading. will talk
4: about the cane. Uh, they're more well, than they've like they've taken over. Like they, they, the invasion is it's, it's, it's successful. They're they are <laughs> the most common herp The most common herp you will find is the cane toad by ten to one margin. <clears throat> The most common snake you find in Australia is a Burton's legless lizard. Uh, that's the, Australia's most common snake is the Burton's legless lizard, and you find tons of those. I can't even – you stop counting after a while. But you always slam on the brakes because it looks like a snake. Right. Uh, but they're actually a legless gecko that eats other geckos mostly. Uh, you find them out in the they're out hunting out in the road looking for other things in the road. Uh, you find a ton of those, and now it's you don't go. There's really no nights where we didn't find any herbs or days. Just, there's always something. Uh,
2: That's it's awesome. Pretty much
4: non pretty much nonstop. There were tons of frogs. Uh, then these green tree frogs are pretty amazing up in Iron Range. Saw a few other places too, but saw a ton of them up in Iron Range. Uh, you know, like, you know, white tree frogs and stuff there, or white tree frogs rather. There's a ton of those with these other huge green ones were just, they're massive, like as big as your fist. It's really a pretty impressive frogs, and, and just all over the place. Wow. They stand out like a sore thumb. And you wouldn't think that a green reptile would stand out in a rainforest, but the light bounces off them real different than it does off of a leaf. And they just, you just see them all over. Uh, Huh? Uh,
2: we did see uh,
4: one enormous, approximately fourteen foot saltwater crocodile, that we were kind of sort of swimming oh. with. Huh,
1: wait, wait. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, what's the swimming? story with that? That that's not.
0: You're not supposed to do that. <laughs>
4: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man up. Uh, <laughs> just, just a just a giant salty. Uh, <laughs> when you're in Iron Range uh, National Park, then. An amazing beach called Chili Beach. It's the most picturesque beach you could imagine. Beautiful white sand, it curves off in the distance, warm blue water, there's like a little island out there. It's just like the most picturesque. When you picture like a tropical paradise, this is what the picture you have in your mind is of Chili Beach, basically. It's, It's that perfect of a place. But you really aren't supposed to go swimming in the ocean because there's all kinds of, there's two types of jellyfish that could kill you and crocodiles. You you don't care about sharks, jellyfish and the crocs are what you're worried about But, you know, we'd been pretty stinky up to that point You know, when you're like, okay, it's like day four with Living in a car and nobody's had a shower Or day five, like, (laughs) let's go get in the ocean And we're like looking and like, oh, there's a log out by that island It's like, (laughs) that's no log It's like,
3: oh my
0: god, that's a giant
4: ass croc And Chris brought like, you know, way better camera equipment than the rest of us uh, he's got like a giant, crazy telephoto lens. Like he looks like a paparazzi photographer with that thing on It's that huge. And he gets it out and zooms in and son of a bitch. It's
2: a huge, huge.
4: I mean, you can see him from the shore and there's this Island. And he's kind of hanging out, but you can probably be walking this Island at low tide. It's not very far away. And the water's real shallow and a real warm. All right. So we just decided we're going to go swim in anyway, and somebody just kind of kept watch for the crocodiles on croc Watch, and that was
3: how we did it. And we we didn't get in. The, we just made the, the less-than-scientific calculations. Like, well, based on where we are and how deep the water is, I'm pretty sure we can get to the shore before he can get to us. As long as you we know, can huh. oh. was you know,
4: Maybe we were kidding ourselves, but uh, yeah, that was one of the best times we had, hanging out in the ocean, just kind of like kicking back and – Relax a little bit, other than the you know, ever-present fear of being
3: torn apart by a crocodile. It was amazing. <laughs> see, that, see, I that was thinking more massive. about the jellyfish because you can't see them.
2: Right. Did you get stung, no, Chris? Or was, and...
3: I didn't
4: get stung. Did you get stung by one?
3: No, Steven got stung, Mitch got stung, and Mark got stung.
2: Oh shit! You know, we,
3: well, they're not. There's like the there's the, the box jellyfish, which can kill you. There's another one called the Iroconju jellyfish
4: that will probably will kill you. Uh, and they're in season, uh, as a seasonal thing, and it was that time of year. And then there's other like harmless ones. They call them blue bottles because they're kind of a little tiny blue jellyfish. And they all got stung by the blue bottle ones and stuff. But uh, the funniest thing was because you know Mitchie told us you know the Irukandji jellyfish, and we kind of the not We just fuck in. It's from a million degrees. We're getting water anyway. Risk death a couple different ways, but screw it. And uh, so everybody had jellyfish on the break. Well, I don't know what an Irukandji jellyfish does, and the funny thing is neither does Steve Cat. Kat. <laughs> so Steve goes <was> up <laughs> on the shore
3: and gets stung by a harmless blue-bottle jellyfish, and we're all in the, the ocean. We're like a hundred yards away, and it's it just fucking with him. And it's like... And Mitch is like, is it, he's like describing it as like, this is it blue? Like, he's like, he's like he's
4: convincing him that it's the, the lethal kind of jellyfish. And he starts <laughs> freaking out. Oh, God. Oh,
0: yeah. We're trying to but get He didn't um, even
3: make it. Get him to... He even made it probably like ankle deep into the water and he got stung. And at that point, you know, he was screaming <laughs> and he's not even ankle deep. And I was just like, oh, fuck this. Like, it, it didn't even take long and someone already got stung.
4: Uh, Mark was up there, so we were trying to convince him that the only way to counteract it was to have somebody urinate on it.
0: That oh, was... God.
4: <laughs> but I think he suspected we were bullshitting him at that point. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then later on, since I didn't get sung and made a mention that I hadn't got sung, they are literally trying to throw jellyfish at me. We literally got in a jellyfish fight. They are picking up jellyfish and flinging them at me trying to get them a me. Like, <laughs> Because that's what grown men do, apparently. <laughs> <Jilly> t- live jellyfish bites.
0: They're dangerous animals,
4: yeah. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, that's a, they're, they're like a beast thing. They're not like bad, bad. It's just, but it's just, yeah.
0: All the wild, so the it's infested waters. So, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know if it's infested, but there was one big-ass
4: croc there for sure.
3: Even well, We th- drove th- we, we drove down the beach to where his his home is. And it's just this filth and garbage and mud. I mean, it's amazing that something could survive in there. The smell alone was disgusting. It literally was
4: vomit-inducing. It It was just kind of stagnant, rancid, stagnant water and filth and, like, this tide kind of, uh, like, it was just, oh, my God. It was the most, you couldn't even see. And then there was, like, I've never seen that many mosquitoes in my entire life. Like, they're just like a swarm, a cloud of them everywhere you go. It's like the most horrible smelling thing you could possibly imagine. And mosquitoes just absolutely tearing you up. Uh, They're looking for that croc. But uh, he was out in the ocean because he probably thought it stung too, I guess. So later on,
3: a park ranger drove by it software chat with him and everything is like, oh, we're right by the knees. He goes, oh, you see the big crocodile been hanging out by the island lately. You're like, oh,
2: yeah, we're out
3: there. You know? <laughs> Jesus. We weren't uh, out there being idiots. We
2: knew he was
4: there. I mean, we kept on him,
2: but... Uh, yeah. Normally you think like,
4: yeah, so what if it's hot? I'm not getting in the ocean with a crocodile. It's like, yeah, live in the you
3: know, live, live in, in the car. Live in or... Live in a Subaru Forester in 100-degree heat with Steven Katz for five days. you will be anything to get wet and clean off. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the ocean. You'll choose the
2: ocean.
1: All
2: right, yeah. Wait, oh, my God. I
1: heard, there, I heard there was a story about Steven doing his nails or some, some a, shit like that. There's
2: a bunch of There's
1: a bunch of, <laughs> of Steven like, Katz Kat stories. All right. Oh.
4: Let's, now, it's officially the... Not yeah, it's just part of the Maybe show. it seems mean-spirited, but... Uh, I've also noticed kind of gone on a bunch of these sorts of trips that like a dynamical emerge where somebody becomes the whipping boy and the object of everyone's <laughs> kind of sarcasm and, right. and ridicule and jokes for the, for the sake of entertainment for the group. So on the first like two minutes, I just declared that that person would be Steven. And for the remainder of the trip, we would all pick on him.
2: Uh, <laughs> and that would just
4: settle the issue. And we followed through with that pretty effectively, I think. Uh, and he nice. made it so easy. He's a millennial, so I think he just, like, thrives on the attention, even if it's negative ah. attention.
2: Because he just <laughs> no.
4: he seemed to, re- to revel in it in a way. And, you know, we knew we were in trouble when we all showed up. Like, I had a backpack. Like, a, not even a big backpack, like a backpack like a high school student would have. Like, that's all I took. And yeah, so okay. Stephen has, like, a bag, a backpack, and he has, like, this suitcase. It's like a full-size freaking suitcase. They're so full, like, he had to jump on top. He couldn't (laughs) even dip it. It's, like, bursting at the seams. And it's full of unnecessary
2: bullshit. Like, I couldn't believe the
3: stuff this man brought. brought... Like,
4: he knew we were going to go.
3: Go ahead. He brought more shoes than I brought underwear.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, why? But Why?
1: Do we have different shoes? I don't know. <laughs> he's like Zach Baez number two. <laughs> oh my god. Oh it's, it was oh, it gets
4: worse. It gets worse.
1: So go oh, on I keep something. going.
4: I should I should have suspected something because at the very beginning of the trip he's like he literally asked me like what do you thought the chances are that he might get laid while we're on the trip. And I'm like, are You kidding me? <laughs> 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 Please, <laughs> Please <laughs> get laid. Are you out of your mind? Like what <laughs> <"Please, laughs> you like, even see the Like these are the people you, you're going to be seeing. <laughs> That's it. Like yeah, like uh, I mean, uh, like like literally like some like like some woman just going to like walk out from behind of a eucalyptus tree uh, in the middle of nowhere. And, oh, there's Steve again. Like like I, I'm like where do you think we're going, dude? We're going to be we're in the middle of freaking nowhere. So that was that should have been a red flag right there,
2: but. Limb. He shows up, <laughs> yeah, with like,
3: <laughs> like five pounds. He brought his own snorkeling gear and swim fins. Like, do things like that on the boat, man. Part of the deal. They need to bring right. own slippers. Like, oh my God. Uh, uh, he had, like, bags of lotion. Different lotions and face lotion and hand cream. He literally brought hand cream
4: and face, face lotion.
2: Oh, Jesus.
4: It. Like. Like and me, you know, basically being a real man, I don't really have an experience with hand cream. I really don't have a frame of reference for hand cream, because I'm a man
2: and I have like man hands that have
4: calluses and shit on them, and so I'm They're doing stuff. I don't. Times, yeah.
2: I don't. I'm not so
4: worried about my hands being soft and supple, you know. But apparently, Steven is. He okay, So at one point, we actually we actually had a. Uh, uh, a campground. We found an actual campground that had nice. a freaking shower. And that was ice cold water, but you didn't care. You actually got a yeah, shower, yeah. but it was like three quarters of the way through the trip. And Stephen busts out this crazy like manicure kit. Like he's doing his nails <laughs> with a nail file <laughs> and trim them. And you know, I was like, Are you? out Are you just plucking your freaking eyebrows too right <laughs> now? Like, what, are you kidding me right now? Like you brought like. I can't understand why did he think like that he would need that and wh- how did he not know we weren't gonna bust his about it the whole time? Like how did he just not Yeah, that's the thing. No like, we didn't even bring I razors think... to shave. Like we all look like a bunch of gris- stinky grizzly bears by the end of this. Like and he's got to do it his
3: trimming his nails and making sure they don't you know like,
4: oh my god.
3: See, I didn't it want to end bad. up on him too much. But when I realized that it could be me in that situation <laughs> I, figured, I figured it would be best to just beat up on him, you know, enjoying the pack rather than move. rather than let them turn on wow. me.
2: It's probably it's probably god. a good move.
1: That's awesome. Wait, oh my god. Stephen
2: made it very made
4: it easy and almost seemed to enjoy it in a weird way. Uh, just, and then, like the other weird thing, because we're picking on Steven for everybody uh Stephen apparently is like the cheapest guy in the entire world. I mean, I've kind of got yeah you know, other people accuse me of being a tight ass, but like this is like got to the point of like mentally ill, kind of crazy like cheap like I couldn't even believe like like. And not just, like, trying to, like, skip out on for stuff and conveniently going to the bathroom over at the checkout stand, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, like, the normal level of cheapness.
2: I'm talking, like, yeah. when
4: we were leaving, the last day, you also had an obsession with buying baby wipes for everything. You had to have baby wipes all the time, which I thought was weird. At the end of the trip, we are to cleaning the car up because we wanted to – I mean, we destroyed this car. It was, I mean, a level of filth that you've never seen a vehicle achieve. On uh, drive for thirty-seven hundred miles on dirt roads, you can imagine. Uh, absolutely, it just smelled like sticky man sweat and red sand. Basically, it just and and meat pies. It was just like, oh, it's gross. <laughs> so we're cleaning it out, and we're washing it, and making it halfway presentable to turn it in so we don't get dinged. And right. there's we've got all this food because we bought food when we were at grocery stores and whatnot, and little road houses and whatnot to. So we have the middle of nowhere you have something to eat. Well, it's the last day. Like literally, we're on our way to go drop the rental car off and uh, and then go to the airport. We're leaving, and there's a little bit of food. Like partially eaten food. And Steven is trying to take it with him. He literally tried it's so cheap. He tried to bring like there were two baby wipes left in a package of baby wipes that cost one oh, dollar to begin with. And he tried to take the two fucking baby wipes into his bag and like, a half of a bottle of barbecue sauce? Like, oh, my are you God. you sure take the barbecue <laughs> Like, you know not gonna let what? you are not going to let And it wasn't even, like, some super awesome Aussie awesome barbecue sauce you never could get at home. It was freaking famous stage barbecue sauce you can get at any grocery store for $2. <laughs> and like,
2: they're oh, my gonna God. You
4: on a plane with an open bottle of barbecue sauce with a thick, tasty liquid that's open, and it's like a $2 what? thing of barbecue sauce. Like,
3: literally, oh my we God.
4: didn't even to bring
3: know, all this, like. We didn't even know yeah. we had any of this stuff until we got to the airport, and Customs is emptying out his bag.
4: Of <laughs> course, they found it. Oh, yeah. They literally, awesome. on two different occasions, he got in tr- not in trouble with the airlines, but had to, like, remove things from his bag because his bag was too heavy with too much shit. His suitcase, even though it was a checked bag, was too heavy. And he's like trying to oh, lighten God. his load, and it's like because he just packed. He's a pack rat, and just packing everything It's just crazy. Like you're supposed to travel light, man. It's like uh, this, yeah. it's just they're the trying to bring the barbecue sauce back, and the two baby wipes. I was like, are you what? what like, what are you? I mean, maybe you need the baby wipes for to the you know to clean up the barbecue sauce mess or something. I don't know, but uh, okay. it just it, oh. it wasn't like any. We, it wasn't yeah. I could see if it was some crazy thing that you could only ever get in Australia. This is your American barbecue lodge you get for a few bucks. Well, you try to bring the rest of the bottle back. I just look at you, do, man?
2: Oh, oh, man. Nick
3: was Jesus. talking about, Correct. Nick was talking about how we had to clean the car because of where we had gone. And uh-huh. we couldn't leave any evidence that we have traveled as far as we have through Australia <laughs> because of the car rental company. So we get uh, the whole car cleaned out, and we're ready to turn it in. And I turn around, and Nick is wearing the T-shirt that says, I made it to the tip
2: of State <laughs> <York.">
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's,
2: think about it <laughs> And so
3: is somebody, and maybe Mark was also. The both of them like, what the hell are you doing? We weren't supposed <laughs> to go there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because
4: we weren't. They rented us a vehicle, and you could actually rent a vehicle to drive up to the tip of the cape from the one place that would rent us one, but they wanted an additional right. non refundable $500. So oh, we were like, yeah, yeah. we're not doing that. We just didn't say where we were going. And we got back. Oh, no, we went south, down around Brisbane and everything, and hung out and came back up. But we had to, except for our teachers kind of told a different story.
2: <laughs> or, That's off. Yeah, almost had
4: Teachers <laughs> almost uh. gave us away. Oh, That'd be awesome. Even, yeah, that would have been that would have been an awkward moment. Like, where'd you get
2: the T-shirt then? <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you guys uh, get oh, to like clean that.
1: up before you get on the plane, or do you guys get on the plane smelling We're like barbarian? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, the last works.
3: the last night the last night we well the second to last night we stayed in we went to a hotel in Cairns. I th- I want to say it was Cairns, and. That was my only shower the entire trip because I didn't want to smell on the oh. plane. So I took yep. one shower and I did all my laundry so that I could okay. smell at least decent getting on the plane.
1: Right. Wow.
3: Yeah, we
4: stayed in like some uh, pretty cheap backpacker hotel. It was like, you know, $50 U.S. Dollars a night or thereabouts, you know, to two of us to a room. But there were showers. It was like, oh, my God. You just look at the drain when you get in there, and just the water's come up. It's just brown. It's so oh, you like you're just, you're just that. A layer of just, like, dirt that you just, you know, you never achieve that level of dirty in your normal life. Because you're out there in the dirt, and then you're getting sweaty, which is making the dirt stick to you. I mean, it's a level of funkiness that uh, you rarely achieve in normal life, thankfully. But, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Shower never felt so good in your life. But you know, if you're yeah, going there for comfort and luxury. You're going there to have adventure. And if that requires being sticky, which it seems to always require
2: being sticky.
1: Right. So, so. Well, apparently, Steve Katz had other plans. Uh, he didn't go there to be yeah. uh, <laughs> dirty. He, man, and, uh... <laughs> he, was, he was looking for love,
3: apparently. <laughs> <was> like, yeah. <laughs> when uh, in, um, we had a 15 hour layover in Sydney. And uh-huh. this was another point where I was, I was pretty close to snapping because <laughs> we, were getting to the, we were getting to the point where we were being kicked out of the airport or uh-huh, right. we had to go to a small section where if you're going to sleep in the airport, you just find a chair or an empty spot on the floor and you just go to sleep. And I had wanted to just go to a, a hotel. We ended up going to, it looked like, I want to say, an old college dorm. That okay. we stayed in that last night And Stephen is ready to go to a club he
2: What? He's ready go out he clubbing he... What? <laughs> we were oh, all man. so
4: tired And Stephen got mad that we were, didn't want to go clubbing
0: Oh my god That like, was Like really? No <laughs>
1: I would have paid money To see what Owen would have said in that situation <laughs> uh, I would, It would not I have been like, nice things
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my it god.
4: Was, yeah, we uh Yeah, now it's uh yeah, I forgot about that stressful period at the end there where huh, it's like two in the morning and we're kicking us out of the airport and there's nowhere to go and we can't find a hotel or can't agree on one and we just all so burned out and tired and it's kinda of like,
2: yeah, ha even <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: There's always one in every group, right? You know? I mean, that's just the way it goes. Oh, you have yeah. to have uh, that. Yeah. I mean, oh. Steve he was basically
2: like
4: the court jester of this trip, I think, if anything. <laughs> yeah. That was his role court jester.
1: Oh, man.
2: There's I mean, one day. Gonna...
3: One day we go to uh, we go to this lake, Lake Eacham, and it's I want to say it's a lake inside of an old volcano. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh huh. Yeah,
2: that's about That's a,
3: cool. It's about a mile swim across to the other side. And oh, I
2: forgot about the
3: swim. Stephen he wants to swim to the other side <laughs> of this lake, and you know it's not like salt water where you can kind of just float. You know, it's, it's the lake, and I I swam part of the way with him, but I know that I'm not going to have the energy to swim back. So I swam back, and he continued to the other side with Nick, And then maybe 45 minutes later, only Nick returned. <laughs> and <laughs> and Steven is still on the other side that he's just spent. And we just pretty much... We, we sat there waiting for him to return, and when he came back, his like hat was all wet, because well, he's trying to stay afloat, you know, and try to swim back to the other side. But he need, he wanted to prove to us that he could swim, swim the length of a lake. Oh
2: wow! Well, he, he <clears> did <throat> do it. I mean,
4: I would have drowned. I know, I, I but I know that. And if you've ever met Stephen, he's not like in great shape or anything. Like, like, uh, are you sure you could do that, man? Like, a, like, uh, uh, he, he, did, uh he, he didn't make it. But we were literally at one point, like, is he dead? Did he drown? Because we haven't seen him in like an hour and a half. And Mitch is like,
2: like,
4: Mitch is a great swimmer, and Mitch came back and about the time and came right back, and then like it was a long time before we saw Steven. Couldn't even wow. see his head out there. And it literally occurred to us, maybe he died.
2: <laughs> oh, shit.
4: So, it's Lake Eton's amazing. Eastern. Lake Eton's amazing, and it's kind of a volcanic crater falling with water ringed by rainforest, and it's a fairly popular place to go for locals and stuff. There's a lot of people there, but and there's little fish that kept fighting you, but other than that, it's pretty amazing. And again, you're, you're so hot and sweaty from being out herping all night and everything, and you're able to cool off and like a, The lake,
2: everything
1: was really, really nice. That's cool. Man, gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. sounded like an awesome trip for sure. Oh,
4: I've been trying to get you guys to go the last couple of trips.
1: That's true. Well, my my wife. My wife promised me that if if a trip comes up in this year, that she's actually forcing me to go. You know. <laughs> so.
4: You know, the thing to do isn't to wait for a trip to come up; it's to make a trip come up. Just make it happen. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just
2: do it. Yeah, we'll make, discuss make, it at carpet. Carpet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try to fly out. That was
4: fun last year. I'm gonna try to. It'd be
0: fun to show
2: up again. and
0: can swing it. What? an air couch. this
2: What? Yeah, I already bought a house this year. Yeah, I mean... But, I already laid plane like,
4: to a room.
0: Through spare bedroom? That already happened? Yeah, I I know. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> you gotta reserve early, Matt. Reservations are limited. You gotta reserve that shit early. Yeah. You're the only guy who could bump my co-host status, like, down a couple pegs, because... You I'm, pretty much filled his purpose. entire room. I, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm,
0: yeah. I'm
4: I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm traveling the furthest of anybody.
1: That is true. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. When no, uh,
1: last time. when Nick when Nick said he was coming, I I called up Owen and I said, uh, "Hey, Owen, you lost, you lost your room."
2: room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: "What the hell?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry dude. You're sleeping with the dog. <laughs> There's a hierarchy uh, in everything,
2: see.
1: I know. Right. <laughs> but uh, Netflix? no, it should be cool. Hopefully, uh, it be a good time. hopefully you guys make it. Chris, are you coming? You got to be coming, right? You're coming you gotta again, come, right?
3: Yeah. Well, I gotta. I put in for the time oh, off from work. On. I, <laughs> what
1: are you?
2: What are you How talking are you about? I to want to
3: hear it because. Because when you talk about going on this trip, I took 41. There's a difference.
1: I took 41
3: There's a difference days we off drive from work. Driving,
1: driving to from New York to Pennsylvania, as opposed to driving halfway around the goddamn world. You fly, know what I mean? You have to fly across
0: the world, Eric. You have to fly. Uh,
1: There's oceans yeah. in the way.
0: I,
3: I yeah, will good be putting the carpet Fest as long as I have the time off from work.
1: Okay. Good. I got IJs just to show you, man. Quit those
4: day jobs and quit those jobs and breed reptiles full time, and you don't have to worry about
3: getting time off.
1: <laughs> there you go. Nick Eric, to I won't you even be picky.
3: Up. I don't need a room like live these the guys dream. do. I'll just take a corner on the floor in the living room, like I did it all in
1: town. Live the dream. I figured you might be coming, Chris, so I I saved you the couch downstairs. Your your name. Wait a minute. (laughs) You got a couch. How
0: the hell do I get in here? So it's like Owen's sleeping outside now.
1: So no, no, no. Owen, you have the uh the Morelia Python radio studio. You got the couch in there. Oh no, all right. All right. All right.
0: (laughs) I'm alright with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is the social the social the
4: herpological social gala of the year, so it is. Everybody it is. Anybody who's
0: anybody is going to be there in attendance. Yeah. True There's story. multiples now because we have to fly to Texas to go to the southern one again. So, you well, know. You, yeah, it's that's always fine.
3: fun. you are at Airlines again?
0: Hell no. I don't know. He, I, I enjoyed it because he couldn't reach any of the controls for, like, the air. Oh, my God. So, like, I had the AC, like, blowing on him, and he couldn't stop it because his little hobby arms short, couldn't reach. My it arms are gray. flailing in the air. I
1: can't reach it. I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> he, won't, he won't let me turn it off. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm
0: like, I enjoy the air. He's like, stop it. It was
1: great. Uh, so,
0: I might book spirit which to do that again. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not. Which one is first?
4: <laughs> What's the name of the Southern Carpet Fest?
1: Southern Carpet uh, Fest is first, April 30th, yes. maybe April 28th
3: and 9th. Is that?
1: Yeah. Wait, which yeah. one? Are you it's talking about the one to Bill? in April? Yeah, yep. Bill's
4: house. Oh man, now yeah, that'll be. I won't be able to make. I thought about going, but I got a, a show to do in Portland the weekend before that. And I There's no way, kids and whatnot. Will be no able way to can do that. Take off out of yeah. town two weekends in a row and stuff. It's uh. That'll be difficult. And When's the northeast?
0: June third North June third. Oh, yep. You
3: know what, Eric? I will be there because I have I took vacation, so I'm definitely going to that one. It's bills that I had to put in for the time. Oh. I will well, definitely uh, be at yours.
1: Good. I got tons of IJs to show you, man. Tons of IJs.
3: Oh, great. <laughs>
1: well, tons of IJs. We're filling up. We're filling yeah, up a all plane my to IJ collection. Yeah.
3: Me, every IJ that I try to buy and then when I contact the person, they're like, Oh, it just sold. And then yeah, like, Oh, all look those. at this IJ I just bought
4: yeah. All those are areas. How's that female of mine that loaded you, that wild caught hypo looking girl doing for you there?
1: She's doing good. Um I I haven't so you know, she doesn't look like she's gonna do anything this year. I don't because I moved, so she had to move to my house, then the move to my new house. So, I don't know. That would be the one pairing that uh, uh, I might try. Um, but, yeah, she's – oh, man, that snake is beautiful. I know that's why it's your favorite. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. I got a lot of that stuff.
4: But, I mean, that's that female, <laughs> female special. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The perfect a match for that TV. male. Oh, I've got it. I've got a few other – Secret IJs I've assembled of late. Oh, so. uh. really secret! I and mean, it's like because nobody cares. N- nothing like no, <laughs> nothing that interesting.
1: What are you talking about? You're talking to the two <laughs> IJ guys right now, not Owen. And Owen. <laughs> no, I'm just talking and like
0: and man, Owen's here too. Kind of like <laughs> Owen ultra just went high to get a quality,
3: drink um, he's lost interest.
1: Uh,
4: kind of
3: a
1: high quality I know,
4: stuff. I, mean, I would not say I'm like over morphs per se because it's still kind of fun to you know dink around with, but. I just feel like there's a lot. There's, the focus in the hobby has been, like, too morph-centered in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, like People have lost sight of, like, how many people are really just trying to make normal-ass IJs that are just awesome, really awesome, high-quality IJs?
1: I think not there's me, people, Chris, and you. <laughs> there's the three of us. Yeah, there's not very <laughs> many people
4: doing that. Like, that is no. – and I think that's a worthy <laughs> sort of endeavor to uh, – so this year – I mean, I'll have every – all the you know, usual more stuff and all that But uh, I mean I, I think I got more focused this year This season when I'm pairing on Selective longer term selective breeding Projects I mean this And some of them are coming to fruition I will probably Produce you know Really really striped Darwin's this year Because I'm actually able to breed striped To striped uh, nice. Darwins and stuff and they uh, You know they take that Whole small striped Darwin thing up to the next Level which should be like a pure Darwin tiger, which they already have animals. The adults, that's what they look like anyway. So basically, the, I should produce babies and yeah. exceed them. Uh, I've got my Palmerston line. I've actually managed to figure out how to produce the yellow ones that are yellow, yellow. Uh, I've got a whole clutch from 2016. I, I couldn't sell any of my. I'm keeping all of these. They're <laughs> <laughs> These are all mine. Uh, the ones, that, <laughs> okay. they are all mine. And there's like there's like three point seven of them or something. Uh, but they're obviously going to be some shade of yellow and really striped, and that kind of stuff takes a lot longer to bear fruit. And it's a lot more work, and you got know, to hold back whole clutches. And it's just, a, it's a lot of work. But it, I ultimately think it's more rewarding. I, I feel more satisfaction when I get to something like that comes to fruition and stuff. So. And then, yeah, know, wait, 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 wait.
1: Where do you see my melanistic IJs? Where do you see how they turned out?
4: Are they melanistic? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <coughs> getting there. Well, that... Yeah. So you've proven there is at least some
4: genetic basis for it. Not necessarily how it's working, but it is working on some level. Yes.
1: It's, yes.
4: It is heritable, yes. even if it's a multi locus trait. Then It can be passed along. Well, that's step one. That's
3: yep.
1: awesome. Yeah. You don't have to wait as long Jared, as you're
3: Are they getting darker with each shed?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Except for two of them, there's two of them that are like almost exantic looking. It's really strange. It's 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 just a weird. I don't know. I can't explain it. But I'm glad I didn't sell any of them. You know. Yeah, I was trying to get some from you. (laughs) And the the, yeah, I know, right? And the people that the the people that were. uh, uh, you know, saying, "Oh, well, you know, maybe it's just the uh, the other parent or whatever." You know, and I followed your your advice, Nick, and I bred it to like a GQIJ that's like the brightest IJ you could possibly, you know what I mean? Like super, super light, bright, uh, no melanin in it at all. So I don't know, yeah, pretty cool. Because then, if you get any dark
4: babies, you know where it came from.
1: You know, it's coming yeah.
4: from mom. You bring yeah. two dark snakes together and you get dark babies, it doesn't tell you anything. You breed a normal snake or a nice snake, a brighter snake to a dark snake and if you get something dark, you know where you know which parent was throwing that.
2: So
1: yeah.
4: It's a long process proving stuff out. I mean I got a, I got a morph I could potentially prove out this year another one, we'll see. Statistically cool. most things don't don't pan out, but might have some answers on one, maybe two potential new morphs this year.
3: But I don't know. Oh, that's cool.
4: I'm more interested in my, my gelatins are breeding like crazy. Like that excites me far more. Like, uh,
1: oh yeah, that's a bad-ass uh, one think. male, yes.
4: <laughs> yeah, one male breeds, one male doesn't. You know it doesn't. Bre- you know it doesn't really breed. My example, I think IJ. Like I had those two, and I sent you the proven. Bre- I took a gamble and sent you the one that was the proven breeder because I like to look at the other one. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that, that was not a good idea. You got the <laughs> better one because you're. When I said you breeds, I finally caught a uh, lockup yesterday. My season's two thirds of the way over because I start cycling late. I've still got a three weeks of cycling before I can start warming up. I finally saw his lazy ass lockup for the first time.
1: Wow. So, I, I haven't
4: mean, seen a like, lock I
3: with my Exantic IJ either. I haven't no, seen anything with him. Nope.
4: Huh. And I, was, I was all. I was so. I have a female adult Exantic too. And. I uh, obviously wanted to breed the Xanthic pair together, and I wanted to breed the Xanthic male to a uh, visual granite female. This guy who's a, a couple-time over-proven breeder. One of those uh, female granites that actually lays good clutches. <laughs> she's outcrossed. Because cause I made her, and she's outcrossed. And go figure, she lays actually for her legs. Actually, wow. I, uh, Never produced an infertile one. Never made a slug, even. Um, go figure. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I actually put my granite male with my Xanthic female because I'm like, Somebody needs to breed this female because if I don't get anything out of here, I'm going to be devastated. Uh, and double heads are better than nothing. It's actually right, probably right. worth more than making visuals, actually. actually but, uh, uh, the granite male bred her once. Now the exam- I've seen the, the exantic male breed the granite female once. Now I'm going to put the exantic male with the exantic female. It's one of those rare instances where I can mix and match those two males with those two females as many times as I want and breed both males to both females. And I will know with absolute certainty who fathered which baby because they're, they're all homozygous for two different recesses. So, any, oh, okay. the female you exantic know, lays a, a dual paternity clutch, any baby sired by the exantic will be exantic. Any babies that are normal are double hex because they can't not be. And the same with the other one. So, uh, even if I interchangeably use those two males, you can tell instantly who the dad of each individual baby is with zero questions because the only two outcomes are, you know, granites, or double heads from one, or exemptics, or double heads from the other. There's no other possibility. Right. So I'm like, well, I guess, uh, you know, normally I'm really loathe to use more than one male, unless it's absolutely like I just have to give up because I don't like, I'm just lazy, but I don't want to have to make a lineage chart that's got two different potential fires. I think it looks unprofessional.
2: Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And
4: I've only <laughs> ever had one clutch like that. I subsequently figured out I'm pretty sure who the dad actually was definitively, but I can't really I can't say with absolute certainty. But right. uh, so I, I really don't do that. But this is what it is where actually you you can. Uh, yeah, that's going well. Had cool. my first population today. I'm stoked. Can I have a uh, there you go, queen queen little water pythons of all things. Oh really? Uh, cool. Yeah, i got a bunch of other... I've got... People talk about carpets all the time. I think I just breed carpets or something. I have probably the best liasis, one of the best laicest
3: collections in the world.
4: I have everything. I got, I've got nine adult olive pythons, and three of them are albinos. I've got maclots. I've got all water pythons. I've got New Guinea water pythons, Queensland water pythons, and, and Northern Territory water pythons. I've got freaking guns pythons. I've got... I have everything. I have literally every lace you can possibly get. Every population of Macklops, Roti, samal, and Timor. That's
2: all awesome. yeah, i Yeah, damn. It's
4: Straight up laces. your alley, Owen. Yo. <laughs> I need
0: more. Yeah. I got a female dun that's got nine enormous follicles. Uh, now you have the in. interest.
2: Mm. <laughs> well,
4: I don't. I don't think anything's gonna come of it. I no. They're so, little, they're so rare. They're so rare that there's no data. There's no like, oh, well, they get this big. How big do they need to be to breed? Who knows? No one can tell you because there's none around. And right. I always figured they're about halfway between a sabu and a maclot. Probably that's been my guess of it. And that seems to be about right because this female's not that big. She is maybe 1,100, maybe 1,000 grams, 1,100 grams soaking wet at most, and it's full of follicles. But she pulled, filled up with follicles before I even started cooling her or anything. I hadn't done anything. Also, she's just all lumpy. I'm like, ah, I guess I'll be putting put them together this year. I was going to give them one more year just for good measure comparing I'm paranoid hurting since they're absolutely irreplaceable. And, uh, right. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Maybe,
4: maybe something will happen, but I'm pessimistic, I guess. But apparently, they're capable of reproducing at quite small sizes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. Oh, boy <laughs> yeah, you still have Mac? Last I do um I have two juvenile females and a boy. The boy's actually on breed loan right now, trying to make babies um and then I have a pair of water pythons that the male will finally be big enough next year, and then I have the pair of olive pythons that I keep. Trying to do something with, and uh, trying to avoid now, the purchase a- of another male, but that's going to end up happening probably this summer. So cheap ass, just get another male. I know.
4: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh.
2: uh,
4: little thing about those laces is that they will breed way smaller than people think. Like all of yeah. my male olive pythons live in tubs because the male olive python first breeds in sperm when it's about the diameter of a quarter. They do not need to be great big giant things, and little tiny ones seem to breed better. male, anyway. They don't need to be. They yeah. don't need to be nearly as big as you think. Do uh, uh, You have Queensland fuscus. yeah and much more New Guinea or the unknown
0: fuscus. I have the unknown fuscus. I think. Uh, they're probably the
4: Queensland and/or and New Guinea or some mix thereof, it's a which amazing, are genetically another, they're the, the same snake. Because no one really has Northern Territory ones here. I mean, I do, but I'm right. really not the
0: only one. Um, are yours mellow or are they jerks? I have, the boy is mellow and I feel bad for him because the female, I have to cover her cage or she will do serious damage to her face, trying to kill me through plastic. So. do you love that? Like I do. And it's like going into her cage is always a freaking trip. So. I don't know if you have a scale, but
4: my, I've got my male Queensland water is, I think he's 13 or 14 years old now, but he started and he's still tiny. But he started breeding about 400 grams, uh, which is really? so your male is probably your male's is probably big enough this year. Um,
2: they are oh, they don't need to be
4: yeah, and the
0: female started breeding at about a thousand grams,
2: uh, so they
4: don't uh, need to be nearly as
0: big. They'll breed small. Maybe I'll maybe I'll weigh them and then if I really want to just ruin my life I'll try to make it that she has eggs to protect when I go in there next time. So
4: <laughs> you know I <laughs> really feel like even really off. nasty
0: females when you got to go
4: pull them off their eggs. They're usually, so tired from laying a clutch they don't fight you much. They usually sure. Not bad. But the, I mean, I got like a I had a bunch of tanabar pythons last year. I might get a clutch this year too. And it's like that snake is the most evil thing. Has ever existed and it was easy to get off her eggs. She's just too tired to fight. <laughs>
0: just, was,
4: uh, the only time I think yeah, I've we, ever
0: touched her without bleeding. We slugged out on tanabars last year and then this year uh, ended up procuring another male uh, to try to get like I guess because you said you, you kind of threw them all together in one cage so we're going to be trying that thing where it's like everybody can kind of almost compete with each other, I guess, a little bit better. So I'd like to point something out know. since you weren't
4: actually supposed to say that over the air. Um, shit. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna like encourage people to do really sketchy, risky stuff. Right. And with a species of any species of scrub python or carpet for that matter, but scrubs especially, leaving more than one male together for any period of time, you are playing with some serious fire. You could very well mm-hmm. end up with a dead snake. They fight and they fight yeah. and they will and they can and have been known to kill each other. So that is not something I want to. I don't I want the record to show. I'm not
2: encouraging anybody to do this foolishness. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a, you have been warned. Don't don't. That's, I'm not trying to advocate for doing that. Don't that's, be You're surprised. taking a serious risk by doing by doing such things. Right. Uh, I can say that having more than one male and combating males with that particular species, uh, I. I've had about 10 clutches of them over the years. Only two clutches had yeah. any fertile eggs in them. The first clutch had fertile eggs. The last clutch had fertile eggs. All the clutches in the middle had no fertile eggs. The first clutch I used two males and one of them fight, and I got good eggs. The eight clutches in the middle, I did not use two males. They bred, but there was never a second male present. I got bad eggs. The last time, two males, good eggs. So I'm not too smart, but it does seem to be that when I have more than one male, that competition – how like males competing would possibly influence fertility doesn't make any biological sense to me whatsoever. But no. the two times I did that, I did well. the other eight times in the middle, I had a bunch of clutches over a period of years. I just never posted pictures of because it was like, most people are very reticent to post pictures of failures. I just mm. kind of do it now. I post pictures of shitty clutches and stuff just because it's, it's probably important for people who are hobbyists or just starting out and doing this stuff to realize like, yeah, this happens to everybody not necessarily right. – I know what I'm doing. Sometimes things are beyond your control, and you'll never know why. Why is this two identical – you know, two things are identical, cages, identical you know, species and everything, and one gives you a perfect clutch and one that you do the exact same thing gives you bad eggs? You know, why is that? Uh, there's a, kind of a random sort of nature to things, and it's kind of important, I think, probably, that people just get started to realize that, you know, even people that are pretty successful at breeding things occasionally crap out. Uh, it happens yeah. to everybody. So, it, It's going to happen to me this year. I'll probably have, I, Every year I have three or four whole clutches that go in the garbage where they're either all bad or you get those ones where they're all fertile but there's something wrong with them and the embryos just kick off one at a time. By the end of it, you got like one baby that hatches and croaks or something and that kind of thing where there's a weed, yeah. you know, something like that. I had two two-headed snakes in the same clutch last year. Jesus. Fired by your male granite, your male Xanthic, IJ. So my granite female, who is a twin, produced two two headed double heads. Both oh, wow. Dead all out, but... <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's only seven eggs. Seven eggs, two of them had two headed snakes in them.
2: So they still survived. That
4: sucked, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so,
4: yeah, look forward to that. Are you breeding your Xanthic by any chance this year?
1: Me? No. Now I kind of I'm kind of like taking the year well I'm really kind of taking the year off because Owen and Matt were telling me horror stories of when they moved how their snakes just had nothing but problems so I mean, I'm not in any uh, rush yeah that
2: that
4: is the true stories they're telling you uh, yeah I, I quit my job and started breeding full time like 11 years ago but right. about two years I didn't have a snake building initially I. Built that about two years after I quit my day job. Uh huh. And whenever you hire a contractor to do anything, it's never on time. And so it's months Mm -hmm. late getting finished. Because when they finished the outer shell, but I had to do all the drywall work and wiring and all that stuff. So I basically got my building done three months later than it was supposed to be done. It was supposed to be done in plenty of time for the breeding season, not miss a beat. So I had to move everything. Basically, I started cycling about over two months after. Uh, after the date I normally would have, like two, uh, like two and a half months late. Right. And I had things that were going. They were, but they had been cycled at the same time every year for a decade. So they're all going off feed at the normal time of year. That that process of follicles developing and all that, that's not just something that happens entirely in response to what you're doing that year. Um, they get into an annual rhythm, and that train had left the station two months before I started cycling. And so I had the worst season of my, nothing got sick or died, but I had the worst season I've ever had. I produced a total of like 81 babies uh, for the year, for the entire mm-hmm. year, 81 babies, which you can see how much, how many snakes I have. For me to produce 81 babies is absolutely just unfathomably terrible. Uh, and not even a really awesome 81 babies either. It was just kind of everything took the year off or, you know, they were uh I did get a clutch of olive pythons that year and by chance I was pulling the glass off and I put it on top of the egg boxes and I grabbed the same exact piece of glass that I had used for that same female's clutch the year before. And she uh-huh. laid on the same day, two years, she laid on exactly the same day, two years in a row, even though I started cycling two and a half months later Just show that that process <laughs> is already well underway before I even did anything. Right. Uh, and you you have a window of time that they need to, you know, to get those males breeding with those females and everything. And what will happen is if you move and you disrupt them, you're going to miss that window. And, it's, yeah, it's, if you're going to ever take a year off or take it real life, this would be the year. Yep. Uh, especially if you're moving kind of like close to the, you know, if you move in the spring or early summer, you might be all right,
1: but it does really disrupt them. Yeah. Because I moved, like, in September, it was, you yeah, know, I figured it was uh, – it was good to good thing. to take the year off. So <laughs> Owen moved in December. What was it? December. Owen moved in December. Right? Yeah. Oh Jesus yeah, I moved right. in
0: December. So yeah. I, I really messed that all up. So you know.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I think I hit Jesus. it. I hit it. Hit it hard the following year. You know, everything will be good and dialed in, and you know, I'd rather do that.
4: I'm, like, aggressively trying to make more snakes, and I have so many freaking babies sitting here. Like, I have, like, 200 babies sitting on the shelf. Why am I trying to make more of these things? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what am I doing to myself? Yeah. Every year I fix these thoughts, and it always seems to work out. But I'm like, where are these all going to go? And then, you know, I've got to get on. I've got to – I've never quite – I wish it was that easy, but i got to I <laughs> make more of an effort to actually sell snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not Your example's not breeding at all this year Chris Or you haven't tried him
3: uh, He's with a female but uh, I haven't seen anything um, For the most part they've stayed as far away From each other as possible
4: Well that's not what you want uh,
3: Nope <laughs> And everything else I have Has uh, has locked up I mean I've seen locks for maybe the last month Maybe two months How big is your male example um, I want to say he was about 600 grams.
4: on the small side, but big enough. Do you ever Is like my... uh, during the breeding season, pop your males and kind of check their heavy males that are uh, kind of in a reproductive mode, their heavy will be really small most of the year. And then during the breeding season, their heavy will literally be like three times bigger than normal. They're literally just engorged all the time. And they will obviously right. be sperm in them and stuff. Sometimes you get males, like, the ones that don't seem to have any interest in breeding, you'll pop them, they so have still got little tiny hippies and no sperm plugs. It's kind of like they're just not in that, you know, in that mode. But uh, sometimes you don't have to fully – it's hard to pop an adult male. You've got to be really careful. Mm. But usually you don't even have to fully pop them. You just, like, go, like, halfway to pop them. If they're producing sperm and are rare and actually ready to go, you'll get two little sperm will pop out one on either side of the cloaca, and that will tell you, like, well – He's ready, and
2: usually <laughs> when you
4: see that, those males virtually always breed. If you don't see it, it's, that's the ones that's part, because for whatever reason, they're not in a reproductive mode, uh, whether it's maturity or yeah, – just. you do get the occasional stud male that doesn't breed. Right. Uh, which, I thought my male was a dud, too, until literally yesterday, here I, I set Eric back to one that I sent back Eric back to one that breeds like a champ, and he's not even breeding it. Yep. Dead.
0: Yep. It's about right. Killer.
3: I have a male that's breeding now. That's so small. When he's locked up with the female, you can't even see him. He just disappears under her. <laughs> that's, I, li- that's I like those little guys
0: like that.
3: Yep. And he pretty much guaranteed that he's going to stay that size now.
0: Yeah, you're done now. <laughs> Worst thing you can possibly do is become a proven male. Now you get no food. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I learned that trick early on, though. You keep them uh, mean and lean. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that is true.
1: Yeah.
4: They do eventually creep up in size. Like, I, I don't think I even own a male carpet that weighs is even a thousand grams. I mean they're all under a thousand, but I've got some really old snakes, like way older than most people. I got I look around like most of my anteresia are in their like mid teens. They're all like, you know Jesus. Thirteen, fourteen, sixteen years old. That's kind of most of them are in that age group. Age group. Wow. Yeah, I got any number of carpets that are 15 to 17 years old and stuff, and those males, i uh, tried to keep them small, but eventually, they will just creep a little bit, so I got a bunch of them that are scaring the hell out of 900 grams or something, you know, still, most people would be way smaller than most people's males, but I will right. track up, it because I'm, because, you know, you're on Facebook or whatever, and people will post pictures of snakes, and they post a picture of some male it's just like, it's like six feet long, like some giant <laughs> male, like, what are you doing? <laughs>
3: I have one. I bought, bought a, a, uh, to you? I bought what was supposed to be a female IJ that was uh, 2,000 grand, and that's the one that tried to kill a male of mine, but I didn't bother sexing it because who would have a male that was 2,000 grand? And uh, I should Holy have sexed shit. it because, it, you know, it ended up being a male.
0: Coastal size. Well,
4: yeah. No, I mean, I, I, uh, I've got a giant male Tully. Jungle that was supposed to be a female. I have literally, talking about feeling like a dummy, I mean, I think all, we all make dumb mistakes and we just don't tell anybody when we make dumb mistakes. Right. I'll tell you, I'll share with the world my <laughs> latest, latest in a long series of dumbass mistakes. Uh, everybody's had that, probably, you had that moment where you realize you had a pair of snakes that you got the male and the female mixed up when they were babies? Yes. Uh, and <laughs> then you end up with a giant male and a tiny female? Uh, <laughs> I have I've got 2.2 adult Tully Gorge jungles, and uh-huh. I've never really been able to get this, these. They're seven years old now. It's like these things will not breed. And it turns out, I've just been trying to breed a male to another male and a female to a female for all this time.
1: Uh, so oh, I wondered yes. why nothing ever happened. Well, one well,
4: male's weird. He's like he's got brown on him. Like he's like bright yellow and black. And then the black pattern in the centers of it, it lightens up to, like, a weird brown color. It's really kind of a it's – a, it's a look you see in wild jungle carpets frequently, but you don't see it in our captive lineage because we just bred that look out of existence. And I think it's kind of neat looking because you just don't see oh. a 3 colored jungle carpet anymore.
1: They're all right. these two colors.
4: And then they're all black and yellow, but I'm kind of over bright yellow and black. That's, bright yellow and black snakes are a dime a dozen. There are a million of them. You can go in for $100. bucks. they are everywhere. Of some variety, so I just bright yellow and black. But a bright yellow black and anything else is not really so readily available. So I wanted to get right. this one male. Well, I turned to the male to try to breed predominantly. I finally gave the other male a shot, uh, and he breeds like a champ. Like, oh, because I actually put an actual male. Because the male with the brown on it is female. actually a female. And uh, and the female I've been trying to breed it to this big striped female. This actually a male. It's like so this is just ridiculous. Like I'm just. Yeah, it's like a complete dummy. Like I should I could have produced these like four years ago. Year, I'm like, oh
2: man, these things suck. Like
4: I've been There's something wrong with them. It's like, no, yeah, it's no, I've just been putting the wrong putting two males in one cage and then but they didn't fight. Like they never fought. They find a this year like they fought. I'm like like why are why am I hearing some banging around in there? Like, oh crap and I just like grabbed the bigger one's tail and just the base of it with my thumb. Didn't try to pop it, just pitched it and just sperm just shoots out. I'm Like, sweat of the pitch. Like, well, I guess that's mystery <laughs> <is> solved
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually
4: oh. checked the other one and it's like, uh, four years wasted. Well, I think I'll probably get oh. something this year finally out of the out of the one female. Plus, how long does it take me to get that seven year old female of the side? It's like seven years old and it's literally like six hundred fifty grand. Wow. Oh wow. So,
0: <laughs> what are
2: you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> well, it was, it was wow. some,
0: it was a male. Yeah. It was a boy. Jesus
1: Well, yeah. I did uh I did a trade for uh with Mike Curtin uh I don't know, it's like two years ago, maybe. Maybe it was a year, I can't remember how long ago it was. But um it was for the male tiger I J and oh, yeah, literally yeah, I have never seen an I J male this I, I was like, Oh my god. This thing yeah. is so big. I was like, "Holy shit, Mike!" From what the Mike Curtain?
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, "What I, the I, fuck
1: I, are you feeding this
0: thing?" <laughs> I, I picked him up for you at the Why show, and like, I'm like you're like, not gonna like this. It's oh huge. my
1: god! Oh, so uh, it's bigger than any of my females. That's how big it has to be. Easy. What would you say, Owen? Two thousand grams?
0: Some of that. It's
1: it's it's large. It's, Medium sized male coastal, in my opinion. So yeah.
0: it's like, a,
2: yeah.
0: I'm like, wow. So, like, holy
2: shit.
4: That's surprising. Mike knows that's not necessary. I'm quite sure of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know. Like, maybe just, I, I don't know. But I was just like, holy shit, Mike, this thing is fucking huge. <laughs> it's just so big. Yeah. God damn. But uh, I won't even, I won't, I won't buy a big
4: male. Like I would just, I'm, I, I wouldn't say direct, but I mean, it's like, I don't want to have to how the male. Just, I don't want to have to, I got a lot of snakes and, you know, cages for bigger accommodations for breeding size females are always at a premium. They never have enough yeah. cage space for large adults, you know, so you keep your male small so you don't need to give them big cages and it works out better reproductively anyway. So I, never, right. I couldn't bring myself to give a male a cage I could be housing an adult female in because it's just that big. I mean, I'm doing yeah. that currently, but the situation with the Tully, I just figured this out like three days ago. So <laughs> <you>
2: know, <laughs> we haven't I have we haven't my have long-term yet. solution
4: is, uh, yeah. and, and the other, the, the, the even dumber part is, of the 2.2, two, are, two of them, I thought both females were striped, and both males were banded. But it turns out that there's a striped male and a striped female and a banded male and a banded female. So I could up oh, have wow. been beautiful, <laughs> like, bright <laughs> yellow striped animal to another bright yellow striped animal. They're like 90% striped. They're I mean, beautiful, locality-specific, brightly colored striped awesomeness. And I didn't, and I can't even do it this year either, because now I, now, because the banded male bred the striped female, and finally, I lock It's like, I got, I can't change horses in the middle of the race. I got to see that through. If I keep that big ass one around, I guess I can breed stripes to stripe one next year. But it's
2: oh well. At least now I know what I have. Right. right. It. Yeah. I know. I, so, yeah, I've been waiting I,
1: for. I've been waiting for them forever. I, you know, I'm glad to hear you finally figured out the, <laughs> the deal. I,
4: <laughs> I've got a bunch of them.
1: I've got. When I said I got four, I actually I have eight. I <laughs> have two groups of them,
4: I guess, one i right saying. Right. And, uh, no, seven, sorry. And, uh, a 1.2 group, and then I've got a separate 2.2 2 group. And did actually get a few babies last year, like 1.2. It was like a crappy clutch, three babies, <laughs> you know, end up at the end of the day, and I just kept them. Right. I do a lot of that. I, every year I have whole clutches that people don't even know about. I just keep the whole clutch like I, I got to do something now. Somebody getting buried alive and hold back. It's like I don't know what I'm thinking. It's like I'm just a denial of physics or something. Like eh, <laughs> so I, gotta, I,
2: gotta, I, I
4: literally, I <laughs> literally have twenty ivory jungles from 2015. Twenty of them. Holy. I have two clutches of ten. I have two clutches of ten. And I kept both clutches. Every baby. I have all twenty of them. Like from 2015. I, I just. What am I doing? Like. I, some things are just I'm um, kind of stoked on. I can't bring myself to sell, which I need to get out right. of that. <laughs> so
2: yeah, I will.
4: It's, uh, we're all, I think, kind of hoarders
3: on some level, probably. Yeah, so that's definitely. a true story. <laughs> yeah, I I, know I don't I do I mean, that. Just... I'm the opposite. I'm not keeping everything.
0: You try to sell everything.
3: I'll keep maybe I... one from a clutch, and then everything else goes. But, I mean, I have wow. have well, so much I, room too.
4: Some of these like longer term projects, they really, yeah. I mean, well, like those ivories, they're and genetically they somewhere in those twenty babies. There's going to be a couple of them that are going to be the greatest ones I've ever produced, based on what their parents look like and how these things work. There's going, to be out of, there's going to be two of those out of that 20 that are going to exceed either of their parents and just be the greatest thing since sliced bread. If I mm-hmm. sell them before they change completely, I will knowing my dumbass luck, I'll sell the best one because that's happened to me a bunch of times before. And frankly, I've gotten sick of buying back my own babies for 10 times what I've them for.
2: <laughs> so I just keep it till I know.
4: I mean, there's probably some I could part with now I suppose that I could probably rule out of being you know, at the top of the heap, I guess, but it's you know? Yeah. Oh, and I produced, I produced only three babies: two seventy-five percent ivory blood jungles and the seventy-five percent ivory blood zebra. I just kept all those. So I guess there's twenty-three of them because uh, the, you know, I still got all the. Those are from twenty-sixteen. Basically, I just, I'm just kind of away everything from the last two years. So, <laughs> <laughs> remember that <laughs> that verb yahster. <yashering? laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's uh, old school. <laughs> yeah. It is. That,
2: yeah.
4: I'm 12 I'm I'm the definition of old school. I'm am, I am
1: old. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. right there with you. <laughs> These young guys. Yeah, I've been, been doing the
4: I've been doing the carpet thing for like over twenty years. I mean, I've been. I mean, I got my first carpets in 1994. Uh, so many people listen to the show were even born in
2: 1994. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: 1994. I was on tour playing yeah. guitar. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't even have a I
4: remember buying the Barker's Australian Python book
2: when it came out. <laughs> you know, it oh, was new. Wow. It came out in 93 or whatever, you
1: know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the. Yeah. I was saying Old-timer. a couple of weeks ago. I was I was saying a couple oh. of weeks ago, remember remember in the days of MP when you know, you go on the forum and the Darwin category, you know, like the I Darwin so. sub forum. Like you picture. would just dream yeah. you would dream of having a Darwin and now nobody like nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. It's yeah. just like, ah, no, yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> Except me, oh, yeah, probably Nick is... and a couple other people. You know, it's just like it's nobody there's... cares. Well,
4: you yeah, have two things to blame for that. One is people's obsession with morphs, and yeah. right. we, we can get stuff now like that. You can actually have a Dharma carpet, and then a third factor is Facebook, unfortunately, which I really wish you could go back in time and uninvent that, but
2: it seems like we're <laughs> yeah.
4: stuck with it. <laughs> for Me too. Of, it has a negative price associated with it, but uh, Facebook kind of puts everybody together, and so you see – you know, before when we just had like forums, like all of the Americans hang out on American forums, and the Australians and Europeans hang out on their own respective forums. There was a little intermingling, but not a tremendous amount. And right. now everybody's in one giant pile together. So everybody in the U.S. is constantly seeing Australian hobbyists posting stuff, not even necessarily realizing they're Australian hobbyists. So they become desensitized to these things, and they get this weird impression that these things are readily available. I literally had somebody today ask me if I had any Mercado this year. Uh, yeah, I get with probably that. two people a month asking me, uh, they seem to have this weird idea in their head that imbricata are readily available in the United States and are relatively inexpensive. That so they should be, they know, it must be like 500 bucks a pair of your imbricata this year. Like, what <laughs> the
2: hell are you <laughs> talking about? Yeah.
4: <laughs> because they see pictures on freaking Facebook, so therefore they just assume everything is like that. So they don't really, some things are actually rare and people don't seem to have, really appreciate how rare they are or even really are as aware of that as they used to be. Right. So it we right. become desensitized to it. You see pictures of them all the time, you just say, Well oh, I've been there, done that, Don't need to get excited about that. Or, <laughs> also so, I think so, we the older you are you have more an appreciation for wild type forms of things. Right. Because that's yeah. what there was, that's what got you into it. Was that interest in kind of the natural side of things and uh, not sure. the work craze which is just intrinsically tied up with money and the illusion that you're going to get rich and all this sort of nonsense. And that get rich quick scheme sort of mentality has really embedded itself in the hobby. And it's, you're never going to get rid of it. And that's unfortunate. And so it's just, it's, it's changed the mindset of people who got into the hobby in the last five, eight, nine, ten years. A lot of them, it's, it's just morphs. Morphs, like, like things don't have value unless there's a freaking morph involved. And you see these people and you know who I'm talking about within our community. You're all thinking of a couple people right now. And it's literally uh-huh. just the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is the morph. It's like, why the hell would I even bother having a pair of inland carpets? There's no morphs. So, therefore, they're worthless. There's no point. It's like, it's, it's like we de- they define the value of something or it's wor- how worthwhile it is to work with by the number of mutant broken genes you can get for that thing. It's like how much you can break it. And, it's, and that's kind of sad. Like, I, I like morphs, and I screw around. I have, I have all of them. I literally have every single morph you can possibly attain, all of them. But the base morphs, so I don't give a crap about combinations because I won't crop them, obviously. But, I mean, it's, that's neat. I guess it's fun to, you know, noodle around with, but there's so much more to appreciate with this stuff, you know. Uh, you know, I, okay, when I was looking, yeah. well, me and Chris, when we were looking for jungle carpets around a lot and we weren't hoping we'd find an albino one, we were looking for a wild carpet
2: that <laughs> looks like a wild
4: <laughs> carpet, you yeah. Wasn't hoping, I'll hope it's a hypo. I mean, like, who gives a crap? It's like you're, you're there. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a great deal to appreciate in uh, other aspects of hobby beyond just the morph stuff, and I really wish people would, more people would have a greater appreciation for the natural beauty of these things. They're not, they're not broken. Right. You don't need morphs to fix them. You don't need a, a Darwin carpet, need not be an albino to be desirable. It's pretty freaking awesome by itself. Doesn't need to, an albino is not an improvement on a normal Darwin, it's different than normal Darwin. And maybe that's cool. But it's not better than and stuff. And this you know, that I I don't know. So I'm I'm actually trying to like find more normal pure jungles currently. Like like some people I look at it, going backwards, but I'm actually like the things I'm adding now are mostly just wild like nice wild types of things, but I don't have enough wild types or enough diversity of Right. stuff. I seem like that's the area I want to bolster more. Like, I should make more Bright, awesome jungles that are just jungles that don't have to be super zebras, you know, and this kind of stuff. So,
1: yeah, me I, say that, is, I think that was. Make like...
3: Go ahead. I think that was one of the good things that came out of the trip. Was it made me? It made me more interested in the the wild type stuff. That as soon as I got home, I went on the internet and I would go on the. I would go on the Australian, like the, even the older forums or. Uh, just Google image search uh, the different localities, so when we were in Australia, we would pass all the different roadhouses, and the roadhouses were all named after those areas, and, uh, you know, if you could do a search for that, the name of the roadhouse, and there were carpets that had that name to them. You know, or some, oh, yeah. or some of the rivers is right. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, oh, sure. you oh.
4: know, there's Cully. Oh, now we're in Palmerston. Oh, oh, now we're in Atherton. We, we ate lunch at twice in Atherton. Wow. Oh, and back to Stephen Cass. Yeah. Remember when he was hitting on the and trying to flirt with the really
3: good-looking girl that worked at the restaurant we were eating at?
2: <laughs> I thought we were done oh. with
3: him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna circle back. Continue.
2: Since,
3: since you yeah. brought it up, you mean the note that he left for the waitress after the uh, the bill? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm just looking at, like, this
4: waitress, and I'm looking at Steve and Cass, and I'm like, dude, you are really optimistic.
2: Like, like that is like, that's like, uh, like <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do? <laughs>
3: See, he's <laughs> trying to talk about carpets, and Nick's got to bring that up again.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> always circle back. Fine. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think at some point we're probably going to uh, to get cut off here. Yeah. So. Coming yeah, down I got to get
4: up. I got to get running anyway. Yeah. Boy, well, it's been great talking
0: to you guys as always. Likewise, definitely.
1: All right, Actually, gentlemen. a
0: carpet fest.
1: Talk to you next right. time. All right, see you Nick. Bye, see next. Bye next. All right.
0: Let's get rid of Salemi, and then we can do other stuff. Yeah, Chris, get, <laughs> get rid of me. All right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, Chris. I, I wanted to try to talk some IJs with you, but you know, you know, that's guys. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh,
3: uh, we'll save that. When, uh, for, we'll save that for when uh,
1: Rob Owen's Stone on vacation? is
0: on
3: and uh, yeah, he's yeah. not around. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, if you want to give me the night off and grab Rob Stone and Chris Salemi and do an IJ show, I'm. All right with this. I'm not going to fight yet. So, okay. You know. <laughs> uh, fair you just enough. You can't do it. Too to, if you try to replace me, I'll kill you. So, you and know, I, I'm just saying.
1: Oh, and I told you before, there's no replacing you. You're a one of a kind guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you will never oh, be replaced. Story. You will so. never be replaced, my friend. You know, if you one have of us dies. I of
3: trying to talk IJs at Carpet Fest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, true. It's a true story. But uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you got to go on the trip at least, and uh, sorry we couldn't go. But always next time, I guess. Yeah, you know, well, next always time, next
3: time. Uh, set
2: up that
0: uh,
3: that jar, like uh, who said that? Uh, Mike Pinnell. The jars, yeah. yeah, the jars.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got jars everywhere, all kinds of jars. <laughs> he's filling them up one by one, but. Uh, now it wasn't all that expensive you said, right? It wasn't that bad.
3: Uh the the most expensive part was the airfare. I actually just paid it off now, but um the most expensive part was the airfare and then everything else was just uh, you know, buying food. Uh, you know. But you're not you're not spending a ton of money. It was expensive like buying water and, uh in the smaller towns, but uh, as long as you were in a major a major town at a supermarket, I mean, prices were no different than here.
1: Gotcha. That's awesome.
3: But, but it was worth cool. it. The, uh, cool. the money was worth it. Well spent. Awesome. All right, Chris. All right, so, uh, yeah, I'll see you in April. Is it April? Yeah. yeah. April. At, uh,
0: <laughs> at Bill's, right? At Bill's house, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got I got to start looking for tickets to there, but yeah, I'm I, I have off, so I'm definitely going. I just got to get the uh, flight booked. So I guess uh, let's maybe coordinate it if you want. I don't know. I guess both you guys are going. Oh, and you're still up in the air. Are you Are you definitely going? What
0: about bills? Uh, yeah, I should be able to go. Um, I have to do. Uh, we have to do, I have to do bills and then I have to do, uh, either I'm flying out to Colorado or Utah to see my sister, I think a couple months later. So it's like, gotcha. it's going to be a busy spring summer for me, but I should be able to do bills. Um, if not, I don't know, I'll sell a bunch of baby snakes and we'll, we'll get the bills somehow.
1: So. Okay. Well, I'll start looking and see, uh, see if I can find something and if I find something cheap, yeah. I'll let you guys know. And yeah, Chris, you'll have a good well, we time also... down there. It's a blast. We also gotta tell yeah, Matt I, I'm because Matt was I was thinking about hat coming on. So Oh
0: yeah, Matt, Matt and his Matt wife. wanted to come, yeah. Yeah, Matt and Kim wanted to come too, so there's that. Yeah.
1: So if you think I'm high end, where do you see Bill's spot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's Eric high end and then there's Bill High End and Bill, Bill high, high End, end. Yeah. That's high end. <laughs> but what
3: about um, Owen High
0: End? There's no such thing.
2: Anyway,
0: no, no. Let's be reasonable. Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, all right. Let's let's wrap this up and uh, get going. So, all right, Chris. Thanks for uh, uh, watching. All right, man. Yeah. Anytime. Yep. Bye. Bye. All righty. Another one in the books. It feels weird that I'm. uh, It's nine o'clock and. Usually, we're starting by now. This is when the show should be
0: starting. Yes. <laughs> damn it. You know, I now have to go upstairs and put up with Jim for like several hours now because it's. Oh, I'm,
1: I'm know, so sorry,
0: Owen. <laughs> I'm you should so be. Yeah,
1: I'm
0: so you sorry. You should be.
1: I'm uh, uh, sorry. I apologize. The deepest part of my heart. <laughs> God uh, damn it. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Don't forget go and vote for us uh day I guess every day you have to go and vote the links post them all over the place they're on the pick of the week Muriel Python radio page all over the place reptile report go there and vote vote on the other categories as well if uh you know there's tons of categories you know all. in all yeah, yeah it's good to uh it's good to uh to show some appreciation for people that work hard uh for the hobby uh so yeah go show them some love and show us some love, too, while you're over there. Like I said, if you dig what we do, then, uh, you know, it's a no-brainer. If you hate our guts, then don't vote for us. Then, what kind then of that? don't vote for us. I
0: mean, Why are you Why are you here? So, there you
1: go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, MoreliaPythonRadio.com is our website. Uh, Morelia Python Radio, Facebook, Morelia Python at Twitter. Our email is info at com, um, And we got Carpet Fest coming up. Uh, Northeast yep. Carpet Fest is June 3rd. Um, I'm going to be posting up some hotel stuff and whatnot that's local. It's in Warminster, PA. Uh, yeah, so if you have any questions or anything, Feel free to reach out for me. I guess the best place to find up-to-date info would be the Northeast Carpet Fest Facebook group. Uh, That's where we all chat amongst each other. Um, So um, try to get this stuff squared away way before it's time. I already started working on my house (laughs) to try to get shit together. So I'm not doing it the week before like Owen and Howard would do and be all stressed out and freaking out and all. But, oh, you're uh, still
0: gonna get
1: stressed out, but you know, go oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but uh <clears throat> yeah. It's definitely a good time. Uh it's definitely fun. If you're down in the south, anywhere by Texas, or can make it out there, there's the Southern Carpet Fest, which is also a, a blast, uh, which is at Bill's house. Um he's in Arlington, Texas, right? Mm hmm. Yes. So uh yes. definitely a good time down there. Meet a lot of people, a lot of Condro guys, a lot of ball python people, uh carpet people, you know, just a just a good mix of uh of people down there. So uh you know, if you have the chance, you definitely should uh try to make it out. Uh what else? Uh I do have I think I have 3 calendars left. Um so Really? Yeah, if anybody wants to grab one uh, let me know um, send me a message on Facebook I'll give you my uh, PayPal they're 15 bucks shipped in the US 20 bucks shipped outside of the US um, so there's that myself EB EBMorelia EBMorelia.com Facebook, Instagram, Twitter all those things and my email is Eric at EBMorelia.com um, that's all I got cool, cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You
0: can check all the stuff we got going on there. You can also look up rogue-reptiles at facebook.com. And uh, we are going to have a bunch of babies coming up. We have a reptile show in Hamburg on the 25th. You can be there. Awesome. I'll uh, have my stuff. I usually share a table with Amanda Snyder of Ugly Snake Industries. She'll be there, too. Um, and definitely check out that stuff. That's all I got. That's all we got. It's been a great show. We'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.